going to say it's July 9th, 2019, but no one is going to hear this until July 10th, 2019. And quite honestly, it's a fucking podcast, so people will I hear it when they hear it. It doesn't change the date. It's still July 9th. It is. It is July 9th, 2019. Um, Jess and I have birthdays in just a, a couple short weeks. Um, uh, which we're not even going to be recording the week of your birthday, so that's yeah, dumb. They don't know that. Shh. That, ep- <laughs> that episode next week's going to be fresh. Isn't me fresh. fresh? Fresh and so clean. Fresh. It will. It will be brand new content. We're it just gonna be. pre-record it because someone People decided they needed to fucking go on some sort of stupid ass family reunion bullshit up in Bear Lake. And it's not just this time. That'd be me. <laughs> you don't go to family reunions in Bear Lake. You just go to Bear Lake a lot. Yeah. So that'd be Jeremy going to Bear Lake. Yep, that's me. What side? The good side. The Utah side. That's a, is that the good side? I don't, I don't know. The sandy beach side or the shitty side? South side. The Idaho side is where there's, you can get drinks. South side. Yeah, that's there's true. There's sand all over the lake. Is this your wife's family or your family? No, my family. Oh, so they drink. Some of them. Yeah, because yeah. they're Catholic. Yeah. Some of them. So, yeah. like, like what, family. what part of Bear Lake? Are you are you staying in a big lake house? Yeah, we're, on I wasn't shore? in charge of it, but yeah, we've run to the lake house that that sleeps 20 people, so it's a big house. So is it? Is it on the the west? <laughs> My friend's house fits on it. Is it on the east side of the lake? I think it's it, probably on the it's, it's probably in, on the west side. It's in Plain City, isn't that what it's what's Plain City, Sandy Garden City, Garden Garden City. City. Yeah, that's yeah. the main city. The one on the east side, so that's like the southwest. It's the place with all the good shakes. No, that's the west side. What? There's nothing on the east side because our houses. Sandy beaches. That's what I'm saying. East north side. side. Well. North Beach. Whatever. North they're all Beach. They're all the sandy beaches. They're nice houses with beaches that go right up to the water. That's what my friend's house is. I love those houses. I've and stayed she's there. She's on the west side. My friend that lives in the mountains, her uncle has beachfront property, so they live in the really cool mountainside, but then they can come down and, and they have Chill a dock on the, on the beach. Side. Just so you know, it's beachfront property at Bear Lake, not an ocean. So Whatever. It's Caribbean of the West. It is fucking... It is like... The most beautiful lake we have, I think. For us landlocked people. It's a it's a wonderful lake. You don't have to worry about shitty barnacles and fucking mussels attached to all your shit like Lake Powell. It is uh, far enough away that you don't have the, the dipshits that drive up it's for the day. clear enough you can go skinny dipping and not be scared. Yeah. Well, and it's... So you go up to like Jordanelle is, you know, half an hour from Salt Lake. And so it's a bunch of dipshits with their fucking boats, like my stupid neighbor down on the street. Go up there for the afternoon and like the idiots. Ski-doo, yeah. jet skis. No, there's yeah. still a lot of that. Are you guys renting any stuff while you're at Bear Lake? We probably will. We rented hamster balls last time. Oh, right. That'd be fun. fun. My we, sister's got a pontoon boat. She's bringing that up. Nice. We watched The Meg. Uh, and you know the, That's a good movie. <laughs> the scene with the big giant floaty balls and he pops one. That's floaty awesome. balls. Yeah. Floaty balls. <laughs> right that one. I was, ha- I was hanging out with Brandy on Sunday, and she was like, "Have you seen the Meg?" And I was like, "No." She's like, it's "Surprisingly good." So we watched that, and we watched Mister Wright. Have you guys seen Mister Wright? Holy shit, that's funny. Oh, we have oh, to like buy the it. old one. No. No, no, it's got Anna Kendrick, and now uh, I don't remember what the dude's name it's is. It's the guy that played the bad guy in the Green Mile, the really crazy, yeah, bad guy in the Green Mile. I've seen the Green Mile, but it's been long enough. But I, anyway, I think you would like it. So it's the basis is she Anna Kendrick's character is kind of this disheveled, like really. She's not disheveled. She's very well put together, but she's crazy. No, she is disheveled, and she keeps getting into bad relationships. But then she meets this guy who happens to be a hitman, 
and he tells her he's a hitman, but she thinks he's just joking. And then wackiness ensues. Sounds like Girls Point Blank. It's really good. It's not. No, it's not. I mean, I can <laughs> see where this... Because he tells her he's right. a hitman. I can see, I can see what you're talking about, the similarities, but it's not. Not. Yeah, it's a similar kind of storyline idea, but the, the story is actually way better. Cool. Girls Point Blank's Girls good Point anyway. Blank, that's a good storyline. I know, what are you but I about? thought Mr. Wright was better. We're not here to talk about movies, though. That is not what this podcast is. This podcast, surprisingly enough, is called the New Utah Podcast. Um, surprisingly. I mean, you got here somehow. You're not fucking listening to this randomly, I don't think. Is there like a is there like a shuffle podcast feature on like Spotify I since we're on there is. now? I think so. I don't. That we is, have quite a few Spotify listeners. That is a serious like Spotify. Like, shuffle, listen to podcasts on Spotify is dangerous shit. That would actually be really cool because you could learn something new every day. So speaking of learning something new and podcasts, I list a couple of weeks ago. I was listening. Wait, to wait, hold on, reruns. it's episode one hundred and sixty-three. Oh yes, one sixty-three. Okay, go ahead. I was listening to one of our podcasts a, a few weeks ago, and if you don't stop it at the end, it rolls into another one mm-hmm. randomly. Mm-hmm. And it was like episode four or something, and I'm like, oh, this sounds so bad. Oh, it was fucking terrible back then. <laughs> it's a good thing. The snow- that was when we saw the snowball mic. good thing we're on 160. Oh, and I didn't, yes. and I wasn't part of the podcast. It though. was so bad. Yeah. It sounded like we're all in a bathroom. Because we basically we were. were. And then every time, I love Josh and his dogs to death, but every time the dogs would fucking go ape shit in the background. It like drowns. And they're not up. even on the fucking same floor as us, and all you could hear was the dogs. Like, meep, 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 meep. And like running around the floor because of the hardwood in in the the, the office we were recording. Like it was just my how far have (laughs) have we come? That's my whole point. Is if you've made it to this episode, because there are some like you're listening to quality now. Good good podcast. I'm putting in quotes that air quotes that you can't see that the sound quality is terrible. Like even even high qual like high end podcasts. Yeah, like I do not understand. So I. Podcasts, here, here's an example. I listen to a lot of podcasts produced um, by Broadway Media, specifically a lot of the sports stuff that is professionally produced by the ESPN 700 guys. In a guys. studio, I would assume. Sometimes they're recorded in a studio, not always, but oftentimes they're recorded in a studio and they're used a lot of times for, you know, like late night segments and programs when they have on the weekends and shit when they don't have actual broadcasts going on. And the quality's so bad on some of them you can like okay let's let's talk about a live recording press conferences at rio tinto fucking stadium are the worst when it comes to quality never have any of the fucking people asking the questions mic half the time last time they were half the time the coach is mic'd but the the feed isn't going in properly and so all you can hear is the fucking people going whoa should we switch back to us we can't hear him and that's all you can hear or the coach is mic'd but the questions aren't so it's It's, like it's coach what do you think of the blah 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 i think it was great and you're like the junior high plays my kids are in you're you're (laughs) but that's just it like you're you're a fucking professional sports team the owner of your team owns a giant fucking media company in the state of Utah in Broadway Media who has a sports station that's been around for God knows how long. Call 700's been around for a long fucking time. They can't figure out how to send fucking interviews, press conferences to a fucking live audience? How I know, hard I know, is that? I know we've talked about this before, but when Entertainment Weekly was on satellite radio... There was one oh show particular that like it sounded like they were recording in the bathroom every single time. And I was like, oh, anyways, well, I've, so. I've had to pull down episodes that had bad 
right. sound quality. I that's like look, I know I don't do a lot for this show, but I really work on sound quality. Like I will spend for those of you that don't know that are listening, um, and if this is boring, you fucking just fast forward like two minutes. Um, <laughs> Because you can do that with podcasts. You can't do that with radio. Um, but anyway, so there are nights, sometimes we'll spend four hours after we record on a Tuesday night to get sound quality right when there's a, usually it's when there's a guest that doesn't know how to use the mic and yells into the mic and then backs up and is really quiet. And I have to do a lot of sound equalization and compression and remove a whole bunch of, uh, of, of clipping. And it takes fucking forever. But I think we have a pretty quality product. Do you know whose show is really good? Because I'm almost caught up on one things uh steve germans oh really it was a great show wow. yeah that's good so hardware has a bit to do with it but there's so, so much you our can content may stink but our quality is good <laughs> well <laughs> thanks <laughs> i'm kidding appreciate it speaking of shitty content um so Bree and i went up to oh, this is a bad segue sorry uh, we went up to the shoreline trail so the shoreline trail bonneville shoreline trail for those of you that don't know is a trail that basically runs the entire Wasatch Front. <laughs> Back when this was Lake Bonneville yeah, it a was, million years ago. It was basically where the shoreline existed, up on the side of the mountains. Uh, and so we were up in Layton, and we decided to go visit our friends Mark and Brandy, um, mostly so I could play Magic the Gathering um, and break um, Do you know who has a bunch of cards? Nick Passy. You guys should talk. I did not know Nick I just saw Magic. him post, and I was going to tag you in it, but... I need to talk to yeah, Nick. Yeah, you need and, to talk and, to Nick. Uh, well... Maybe he'll, is he coming tomorrow with his friend? He should. Oh, I don't know. But I should ask him. Brother, brother Passy, we need you here. He's probably busy as fuck. That dude is, is. always busy. I know Thursday he's at um, SD Pizza again, so. Uh, anyway, like St. Patrick's Day, he played like fucking eight shows, I swear to God. <laughs> I was asked, like I saw him in the morning at the farmer's market, and then he was explaining the like 1,500 fucking places he had to go to play shows that day. I was like, Jesus, dude. I don't know how you're doing it. Uh, anyway, um but uh uh so we were up in Layton and and we decided to walk the shoreline trail up there cuz it goes all the way around Mill Creek and on, on the Cottonwoods and we've walked the shoreline trail in part of Salt Lake at one point so we went up there um it was a good trail we did we we cut across to some other trail called like the Great Western Trail or something it was fucking steep though it was like what did we say like a thousand feet in elevation gain or something yeah. like that. And it was like straight up at points. Um, but it was a really beautiful view of, of the, the South part of Weber Valley, basically Davis County. So we saw, you know, you can see Layton all the way out to Antelope Island. Um, really, really good views. So, um, we thought it was a good opportunity to get to a hike that we might not go to cause we live in Salt Lake Valley. So, uh, but the downhill was kind of a bitch, especially when you have to pee. Cause every time you put your foot down, it like jars your bladder. <laughs> I'm kind of jealous of the people that have houses with backyards that open up into those trails. Those would be really fun to live in. Till an earthquake at your house. You went hiking this weekend too, right? I did. Actually, my hips still hurt. You went to the Timpanogos Cave, right? Mm -hmm. Grand reopening. I actually have a, I have a question about that. So, because I was looking, because we're thinking about going there this weekend with Sean, because Sean gets to go hiking with us. Um, is it an actual hike, or is it just going into the cave and wandering around? Oh no, it's a hike. <laughs> so it's a mile and a half to get to the opening. Straight up. To get to the cave opening. Thousand, thousand feet, yeah. Oh, okay. So very similar to the bullshit we Super just did. Super steep. <laughs> is it? It's um, all paved though, right? It is paved, but that, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still a mile and a half up. Yeah. and Straight up. And then the caves are pretty narrow. Like, if you've ever been to Minnetonka Caves, 
those caves even they're like similar caves minnetonka is like super wide open and this is like i've been very to carlsbad narrow. caverns in new mexico those are fucking huge yeah these are i don't i mean when you're a kid like everything's big to you that's so, true like, I, was, an, like, I was young but i bet they're fairly big still carlsbad seemed pretty open the last time i went was in high school, so it's been like thirty-ish years for me. So. It was, I was clearer <laughs> at the back because altitude and my lungs are not friends. <laughs> but it was, it's it's an it's a way more intense hike than I remember. And then and then how is the how are the caves inside the caves? They're good. They're pretty. So I do mean, you have to get like a do you have to reserve a tour in advance? Of the yeah, caves I think to the tickets in? are like twelve dollars or something like that, and they and you have so the time that you're allotted, you have like an hour and a half to do it to get up there and go through the cave. Mm-hmm. So you can't just go up there and then turn around and come back. You can. They'll ask you, um, and then once you get to the top, they'll like you can just hike it and not go into the caves. But if you go into the caves, you're like, I'm going to go into the caves. Can I go in at three and then you get up there at like? One thirty and hike up to the cave so you can spend an hour in the cave? Um, no, because they're guided tours That's through the caves. Bull- so they so, guide you up the long hike too? Oh. No, there's uh, park rangers that are just outside the caves. Does Everything's like closed. The doors are closed. So your reservation is for the bottom. Yeah. So once you once you get there, um, there's a, a park ranger at the bottom too. They scan all your tickets or they say, are you just hiking it or are you going to the cave? And then they give you a safety spiel. They tell you where not to stop and stand because uh, there's a lot of rock slides. Like there's one coming out of the cave and it's a big crater in the cement. And he wow. the rock actually hit a girl's backpack like an eight-year-old girl because it like bounced off the mountain and yeah. it hit her we, backpack. We live in the Rocky Mountains, folks. She, that happens. Fortunately, because of the book she had in her backpack, it actually didn't even hurt her at all. But there is a massive crater that and is, you can't go down that way anymore. So That is not true. <laughs> um, but same thing, like the way down is pretty intense. Hey, other lady that's on this podcast. Yeah. You should Google that while we're talking about yeah, stuff. Yeah, because you got to, re- you, like, we reserved our tickets like a month in advance. Fuck so. me. So we might be screwed if we want to do that next it's, week. But It's not holiday weekend. You might be able to. That's true. Last weekend was the July 4th, 4th, 5th, yeah. 6th, and 7th. So. Like, when I got into the mouth of the canyon, they had signs up that was like Tibble Fork and Silver like Lake are, are full. So you can Yeah, I'm not surprised. There. God, fucking people camping on July 4th weekend. Uh, we didn't talk about that. Did you guys have good weekends for the fourth? Yeah, I was jealous of Jeremy's weekend with our movie the, night, the fast, the massive sidewalk of fire, which I don't really care much about fireworks, and then the movie night, movie night. So the movie night wasn't the fourth, but it was over the over this over the weekend. weekend yeah. yeah. So the Heather kids. invited me to come over to your house so at some time and watch a movie uh, with movie her. Night. It was fun. The kids came over. Uh, we watched the the kid who would be king. Yeah, I've seen that. It was all right. It was okay. It's a it's a family movie. It's a good family movie. Good flick. It's fun. I'd like to see if Heather will watch like um, Inglorious Bastards with me on the side <laughs> of your house. You can come watch that inside my house. <laughs> I like that movie. I don't think she would be into that. Or what's the tank one? I like that one too. The uh, Fury. We're all looking. World War II. I know that one. It's Fury, World War II. It also has Brad Pitt. It's He's really, a really commander. good. It's actually spectacular. Know. Who's the director? Is it a, it's not Tarantino. Mm-mm. No. No. Did you see he's got a new one coming out? I'm so excited. Uh-uh. Yeah. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yes, yes. it's very clear he has like a set of actors and actresses that he loves working yes, with. Yes, I saw, I saw that. So bees, I did uh, check the bees over the weekend. Oh, yeah. I'd uh, add three more. What are you going to harvest? Soon. Like I could probably, I'd probably harvest now, but I'm probably going to give it till by the end of this month. Really? 
But when you get back, technically, I could harvest it now. There's probably five bars, like overflowing. That's ready. a lot. It's a lot of honey. So, but I had to add three more because they were maxed out. And if you don't, what they'll do is they'll build right onto the site of it. Yeah. And then you can't get that out, so you've got to keep expanding. So, so. Uh, when with with regards to them, like when you harvest the honey, do you think you ever took too much honey out before they started getting cold? Ah. Uh, like, was that part of maybe why they got attacked last winter? I don't think I've ever taken too much out. Because we left a lot in there. There was a, a lot, lot of honey in there. We left like three bars. It's so weird how they got attacked twice by wasps. So I don't think so. There's people that take it all, like every bit of it. And they're fine. And then they've, and they still overwinter sometimes. But I, I would rather err on the side of leaving a bit more, but I don't. I think we left enough because I, I didn't. We really, I think we left like three, nearly full bars for them. Mm. And w- when did we harvest? It was like August, first part of August last year. Yeah, yeah, it was about our earlier mid August. Yeah, and then we were. I was going to do another one, but that's when I lost them all. Was in between the, those few weeks in between. Yeah, I remember right. that. It was like a couple so. weeks later. It's weird. Did you, you did other shit besides go hiking up? the cave and mount this weekend yeah. yeah it worked a 10-hour shift i <laughs> saw you were at work at like 6 a.m on a yeah. on a like friday or at the, body, or on and the body works Sunday, yeah, uh-huh. or you worked both didn't you no just both oh, just best but it's like physically exhausting because you're stocking shelves so, and stuff and carrying like 60 pound boxes and climbing 20 foot shelves and so it's a uh, it's after doing that hike was pretty tiring but I bet. um my friend Kelly and I went to the gateway on the fourth and I had the best, one of the best grilled cheese sandwiches of my life. And, um, it had brie and mozzarella and balsamic vinegar glaze. Oh my fucking God. Red cherries and not red cherry, like out of a can, like just red cherries. Mm. And I added bacon to it and it was amazing. That sounds delicious. (laughs) Someone is at our front door. That would be our guest. I think for the night. So keep talking. Oh, okay, good. She's so not here yet. The wife's going to go a, let her in. Was it a food truck or was it one yeah, of the... Yeah, oh no, it's called Happy Camper. And they have a really funny sandwich called The Trump and it's awesome. But anyways... Is it orange? They got Cheetos smashed up? No, like small pickles. <laughs> um, I can't remember. Anyways, so we're at the gateway. Like it's super packed. I don't think I've ever seen the gateway so packed. And where they're lighting the fireworks off is right next to the Union Station. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, wow. Literally right next to it. No joke. And all I could think was, if one of those goes wrong way, like that's a historical building. I mean, besides there's a ginormous crowd of people. Yeah, but it's a historical brick building. Which also, they were right over the crowd. So it was raining ash for 22 minutes. Like I saw the RSL fireworks because we go out to the parking lot where we park to watch them because it's like right across from them. It's actually a way better view than in stadium. Like you don't have the board that they're firing over. No, these these you could see. They were like amazing they were actually amazing fireworks 22 minutes and raining ash but they were really everyone for 20 minutes they were really low though at the stadium and they were like catching the grass on fire in front of the north lot these were two like i got done and i was like gritting my teeth (laughs) i was like so but it was cool for their first time hopefully they rethink that a little bit rethink placement yeah (laughs) (laughs) well um it's time for some events, Jess. I don't have a lot because we're still in July, so there's like a million 
town festivals and outdoor movies and you, you make it sound whatever. like that's like not fun those are some of the best no it is fun days. that's why i'm saying like it's still out there so i don't have to like repeat myself every week can i start with one then Sure. So um, we talked about this a few weeks ago, and many of these have happened. Um, and and I'll tell you in a minute where to go. But there are still some tax restructuring task force uh, meetings going on, some town halls. So on um, Tuesday, it doesn't matter because that already happened. So there's one at the Grand Center in Moab this Saturday, the 20th. No, that's next Saturday. Uh, and then on the 30th, um, there's one down in Lehigh at the Silicon Slopes office. Um, which is right there at Thanksgiving Point. Um, and the other meetings, most of the others have happened. They're, they're going on in every county in the state. Um, I think Salt Lake County's already happened because it was over here at, at Kearns. Um, but if you want to hear the minutes for those meetings, if you go to le.utah.gov and you look for the Tax Restructuring and Equalization Task Force, it's actually, I think, linked like right off the homepage, basically. They are going to do a special session this is super important. You can go listen to the minutes from any of the meetings as well. Um, and, and if you want to go down to like the Silicon Slopes meeting, for example, if you're up in Salt Lake County, uh, I, I 100% wholly encourage you to go attend one of these town halls. Um, this is where you get to give your input on some big changes coming to the state. The tax code's going to change. It's going to have a big impact on what you pay, how much you pay, who you pay, how much of a, uh, of a big deal it is for small business. Uh, and if you don't go give input and, and give thoughts and listen to what's going on, um, you don't can't, bitch about it. Yeah, you can't fucking bitch later. So it's really important. If you can't go listen to the minutes and then email whoever your congressperson is, both your state senator and your representative. Uh, it's it's super imperative. They are going to call a special session. It is going to be dealt with. We we have to do it because we, we don't have the money in the state right now. Um, we have a booming population. We don't have a sales tax base to to, to deal with the infrastructure that needs to be dealt with. Um, and, and so it's it's coming whether you like it or not. So you better have some input in it. And this, this is your chance. Um, so sorry, Jess. I just thought that was important because those events it was are on the up. agenda. You don't need to apologize. I don't, but I wanted to start with it because I get what I want. I'm the conductor. Okay. This fucking <laughs> shit so show. Uh, this weekend is the Payson Scottish Festival. You want to go watch Highland Games and those listen dudes to... do not wear underwear under their kilts. <sighs> Did you look? Every year, I lay down on the grass. <laughs> You've never been. You're John Barrowman. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm like John Barrowman. Barrowman, it's Barrowman. Not Barrowman, it's Barrowman. It's whatever the fuck I say it is. Whoa. If he doesn't like it, he hey. can come to my house and tell me personally. This is my events, so. So how do you say it, Jess? I don't care how you say it, because I'm talking about the Payson Scottish Festival. All right. So. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You can go watch Logs. Under you can go watch logs and you can watch dancers and you can eat haggis, but mm -hmm. go early if you want to eat haggis because they sold out last year really, really fast. They sold out of haggis? Well, the yeah. thing is they only make one, so, they no, only make one stomach of no, haggis. BYU is the only place that is allowed to legally carry it, like actual haggis. And so yeah, they, they prep it, they get it, they bring it to the festival. They also provide it for the Utah one well, as well. Why, Anyways. Why are they only the only ones? I have no idea. Do? But yeah, I want that, more because it's only like a little teeny tiny cup and seems, I'm like, I just want more. 
That seems like an anti-business practice. It's totally anti-business practice. Well, at least BYU is good for something. Anyway, so... I mean, really, it's haggis, though. I go? Because I need a new tank top. (laughs) I mean, I know Jess likes haggis, but it is haggis. It's delicious. I had it in so many different ways, cooked in so many different ways when I was in But you know what's not good in Scotland? Fish and chips. Yeah, fish (laughs) I still haven't had fish and chips. (laughs) James teases me all the time because I still haven't had any. Anyways, um, this Friday, Avenue Block Party is up at Hatch Family Chocolate. Uh, Totally fun. So every other weekend. Raise the room. And they're doing Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. That movie's so good. I watched that again the other day. So you can have free popcorn, but then make sure to buy chocolate and... Ice the limeade is really delicious. The ice cream there is delicious yeah, as well. Just yes. fuck the chocolate. Just get the ice cream. Uh, I haven't so mentioned good. this for a while. I don't know why. Probably because it happens every month. But the Urban Flea Market is still happening. However, they have moved from the Gateway to 400 West and 700 South, which is basically across the street from um, McGrew Studios. <laughs> so oh. um, I haven't been. I think I'm going this weekend, but I'm not sure. So You know what else goes I'll on every know. weekend? There's a swap meet at the drive up or the drive through at Redwood. Oh, drive yeah. up, Not the drive through, the drive, drive in, in, drive in. It's drive something on Redwood Road, and they have it's that thing is insane. I don't know how to explain it. You just kind of have to experience it. It is first off, it's not what you might think. It is all <laughs> junk. It is a free for all, and it is all junk. There are no, there are no like, you know how like there's that show the 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 people go and they like buy antique stuff. Yeah, and then but they, that's like, like change that East it. where they have antiques. At, well, and they like they like change it and then like they flip the flea it. Flea market flip. Yes, that's the show. <laughs> that's the show. You are not flipping anything you find at the swap meet except for dead bodies. You don't find those at the swap meet. You will find tools that someone stole out of someone's garage that are rusted and not <laughs> and very that's great. This weekend. That's every weekend at the Redwood. Drive-in? Yes. Get that Redwood, Redwood Drive-in. Redwood drive-in. drive-in. And, then, and then this is the best thing. After you leave the Redwood Drive-in, you can go over to the indoor swap meet that is on 33rd. And no, just, then you go up the street and you go to the Native American store. The, what? It's amazing if you've never been there. And then you can keep going up the street and do what Bree and I did this weekend and go to NPS. Have you ever been to I NPS? I love NPS. <laughs> oh, NPS. See, I, told, I fucking told you Jeremy would know about oh, it. Oh, yeah. Like, I mentioned it to Jeff, and he's like, Dave Hansen makes me go there all the time. Brigos, Brigos, we should tell Jeremy about this place. Like, I would guarantee you. We used to go this. all the time. Oh, yeah. So you know about it, too? So they, Okay, so, so I've never actually though, been. I've known about it for a long time. I never le- actually went. Legitimately, though, there, there for a while, they had plotter paper for my large format printer. Oh. Like seven bucks a roll. Did I you think. buy them out? Oh, yeah. When I find them, when I go there, and I've got, I'll take everything they've got. Did, is that Was that on the industrial side? Yeah, because uh, I did, we didn't go to the industrial side. We decided to save. That's that. That's my favorite side. We decided we to save didn't that. Decide. You decided. I wanted to go to the so industrial side. We went to the side. grocery section. To be fair, all the expired food. The amount of time we spent in there in the grocery section and the, the clothing and and weird other stuff section, um, we did have mochi melt. Have you ever seen ice cream mochi after it melts? It kind of turns into like. Like a, well, no, no, no. So after it melts and then refreezes, you have like a deflated ball and then a bunch of spilled cream on the outside of it. <laughs> That's what happened while we were in MPS. And if we would have went to the Chris never lays like it mine. down flat. Do I yeah, need what? Probably. Do you need to buy me more mochi? 
No, a cooler like oh, the one like you the, bought for me. I uh, <laughs> like our insulated bag was not enough for the few well, items. That, we and you always lay the mochi on the side. The, the last time you let it melt like that, you lay on its end. I'm well, like, why don't you ever lay it flat so when it melts, it just melts inside of itself? It still I have good. one more event. Okay, what's the other event? The 19th, and this is rad, Wizarding Days are taking their show on the road to Logan. Didn't they just have a show on like in April or something? Yeah, we went. No, it was in February, but they're taking it to Logan, Logan, Utah. As a second or instead of? No, like they're taking it up there this weekend so people can enjoy it too. Oh, like Wizarding Days Roadshow? Yeah, Yeah, I guess. For the 15,000 people that live there in the summer. Yeah. I don't know how many it is, but Logan is considerably smaller in the summer, isn't it? Oh man, I had the best burger in Logan a couple weekends ago. What was it? So good. It had... Uh, Korean coleslaw and sriracha and an egg and I don't remember what else on it but it was so good. So is it better than Bumblebee's? It was a burger. I haven't had a burger at Bumblebee's. What I'll the eat. fuck's wrong with you? I'll eat. <laughs> that's like that's like half their menu delicious burgers with Korean shit on them. What you K-pop just described. Fries? Well yeah you get those with the burger you can't be super fat and not get both. That's I can't. I've managed it most of my life. <laughs> I can't because I have to get both. It's not my fault. Uh, anyways, that's all I have. I just thought it was cool that they've decided to just take it outside of Salt Lake. Where's, cool. where's the fucking list of restaurants now? Because I want to talk about that. Did you not put that on here? No, I have it right here. Well, no, we we're saving it for when we have the chef back. No, no, fuck that. We can come up with something else then. Oh, it's behind me. Sorry. It totally fits. So we're going to talk about it now. This is what I was talking about. Sometimes b- Jess brings up a burger and it's a good burger. It was Beehive Grill in Logan is... You My say that a lot. Like, it is. I, I should probably try it at some point. Oh, it's so good. I don't go up there very often. I don't go. Jeremy, on your way back from Bear Lake or your way up to Bear Lake, you need to go by Beehive Grill, apparently. All right. Beehive Grill. Put on the list. So Beehive Grill, that's a pretty straightforward name for the state of Utah, right? There is a list here that someone found on KSL. Jeremy raises his hand. He, he's me. contributing. Um, this is a list of five Utah restaurants with unique names and how they got those names. And, and I am actually quite curious on a few of these how the <laughs> fuck these names originated so or even where they they are pig um, in a jelly jar pig in a jelly jar is downtown there's a lot actually there's three there's what? one in Lo- there's one in Lo- there's one in ogden there's one in holiday and there's one downtown so the one downtown I'm was unimpressed. the first one right yeah brie was not a fan of pig in a jelly jar it was greasy right is that what you said yeah pretty much i was just i mean it's just like it has a cool name and that's it so, in my the, opinion, the name is not as exciting as it, as mm-hmm. it seems. <laughs> Comes from two items they specialize in: pig products and jam. So, pig and a jelly jar, pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, they do have a lot of different pig or pork products. But the way that we say it, because of our Utah accents, I for the longest time thought that the people that were going pig there, pig in a jelly jar, yes, pig in a jelly jar. Yeah, I mean, look, they put chickens in cans. Yes, they do. Pigs in jelly jars, chickens in cans. You seen a canned chicken? They have chicken? canned hamburgers now. Have you? Uh, Not like spam? No, 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 no. Like, like like the buns and everything. Full on hamburger. Yeah, and ca- like canned peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and oh yeah, canned hot dogs. I think like like with the bun, with and, the everything. bun and everything. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> Pigs in jars. Pigs in jars. <laughs> Who eats that crap? Um, I mean, I've ate canned tamales and I've eaten. I eat lots of shit. You're talking to a guy that will slap a hot dog into a tortilla with American cheese and just munch on that. 
Yeah, it's disgusting. Cold? No, fuck no. We got to put it in the microwave so the cheese melts. <laughs> then it's like Why else? And it's even better when it's like an Oscar Mayer cheese dog, which is like a total affront to humanity. I don't care. <laughs> There's a reason, by the way, Jess, remember when I talked about being a fat guy? Just a few minutes ago, that's part of why. Just a few minutes ago. <laughs> that's part of, that's part of, this, this doesn't come without effort. <laughs> I try to sab my, sabotage myself like daily. His pledge to us is he will maintain. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it is a struggle to maintain too, because I don't really like going to the gym, but I do it just so I can eat like shit. Uh, Chuckarama. This one I'm curious about, and I haven't read this list up to now. Uh, I mean, I saw the name, but Chuckarama, because that fucking... That, first off, to call it a restaurant is really... Um, can you call it a restaurant? It's a fucking buffet. It's, it's a buffet that it's, I've eaten at exactly twice and been sick both times. I hate Chuckarama. Up Chuckarama is what we called it when we were kids. So it's named after uh, a boy's... Uh, the the old west boy, and a combination of the boy scouts because the, the scoutorama it's the, like the biggest like scout event every summer which the, is going on right now actually this weekend the founders weekend. were fascinated with the whole chuck wagon concept with cowboys and they were scouts so, so they named it up chuckorama scoutorama and a chuck that's interesting okay well you know I, I get that. I totally do. Um, so up Chuckarama. And by the way, that's what everyone calls it because it's disgusting. Uh, there are only like two left. No, oh, they're no. all over the place. They're super fucking popular. A brand it's, new one just opened in American Fork. Like yeah, no, 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 no. It makes a lot of money. Like well, I'm sure it does. They're 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 here to stay for well, a while. So like, it's where you go after baptisms, when funerals. I, when I was a kid, whatever. obviously growing up with lots of siblings and a poor family, the few times we ever went out to eat. It was always all you can eat. It was places like that. Yeah. It was like Golden Corral, Chakarama, like the, the Chinese buffet on 45th and State. That's a good Tom one. Hometown Buffet they, is my favorite, but, but I think they closed uh, all of them in Utah. <laughs> every time. Okay. So when I was a kid, we used to travel. We, we traveled a lot for, for speech and debate. Uh, yeah, I was a nerd. Um, but every we trip know. in Wyoming, whether it was for a sport or speech and debate, it was always overnight because... The closest town was Rock Springs at 13. Then Evanston was like a three-hour drive almost in a bus. And then beyond that, it just got worse. And so, like, if you were there past 10, you stayed overnight. And so that happened a lot. So you always had to go out to dinner. And every fucking place that had a hometown buffet, I shit you not, I got sick every <laughs> damn told this time. Story before. Plan the trip around home-style buffet. Now, Lander, Wyoming. I know I've talked about the freaking dairy farm place in Lander, Wyoming that has cheese wheels. They're the best, but I guarantee you, you're going to feel like you had a heart attack by the time you're done with your second one. Your second e one? Even at 15, I was like, fuck, my chest hurts. I should probably stop eating this. Why do you eat the second one? Because they're fucking, again, you don't get this fat by eating one cheese wheel. A cheese wheel, by the way, for those of you that don't remember from past episodes, hamburger patty, two slices of cheese dipped in beer batter and deep fat fried. Sounds amazing. <laughs> my oh my god! Okay, you so know it also good. sounds amazing, and I need to go here, and because it, it just happens to be in Logan, Mamos. Well, you should have went there instead of fucking the Beehive. No, Grill. the Beehive Girls takes priority. But this place was created because Real. I know his the guy's oldest daughter pronounced tomatoes Mamos, and so that's what they decided to call their Logan store, which is a Louisiana themed gumbo jambalaya. So I'm looking at the pictures, and I it's amazing. Crawfish, Fuck. yeah. So go to Mamos in Logan, and then go to Beehive Grill for your. Um, they have etouffee also. We are going to go to Gosner's. 
Um, cheese. Because you got to get cheese if you go yeah. somewhere where they've got the, the good cheese. Apparently, you need to go to Rock Hill Creamery and get some oh, cheese. Oh, that's true. I should go That's there. a little out of the way, though. I don't fucking care. <laughs> You're going to be up near it, relatively, compared to here. Maybe I can really get a job way. there while I'm Because Rock Hill Creamery's up there, too, right in Cache Valley. Yeah, but Cache Valley's pretty big. I don't give a shit. It's not, me. You know. it's not me driving. It's Jeremy. Just <laughs> letting you know. Jeremy, I'll not consider you as good of a friend if you don't bring me back Rock Hill Creamery. Does cheese. Heather drive? Usually. Yeah. yeah I you, thought so. Do you blame her? I need to... Hold on. I'm going to text Heather. <laughs> okay. So, Moochie's Meatballs. I love Moochie's. Um, it's a nickname, right? That was uh, the nickname for... Yep. It was... Her, her, the owner's Joanna father Rennie. called her Moochie. Yep. So, Joanna. And, oh my God. Their sandwiches are amazing. They have the best Philly cheesesteak in the valley. I don't give a shit what anyone says. And I love their meatball sandwiches. There's one big knock I have on their meatball sandwiches. And for some reason, like, I, I really don't want to admit this, but I love Subway meatball sandwiches. The problem with Moochie's, their meatballs are great, but they're fucking too big. They're way too big for a sandwich. They cut them in half, and they're still too fucking big. Because they're like baby heads. <laughs> they're delicious, and they cook them fresh every day. But they're they're too big. That's why I like Subway meatball sandwiches because the Subway meatballs are like the perfect texture. They kind of like fall apart without being super crumbly, and they're the perfect size. They're probably made out of the same stuff as those cheese dogs. No. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Subway's a little bit higher class than Oscar Mayer cheese, cheese dogs. But the... I, you know, if you make meatballs um, at home and you slow cook them in the crock pot for a long time, they turn to the same texture. The the meat kind of melds together and turns into this. This sounds so That's gross. So good. <laughs> so good. But Moochie's has, and Jess was shaking her head. Who has a better cheesesteak than Moochie's? DP cheesesteaks. No, they're not that fucking good. Donkey Punch cheesesteaks <laughs> is not that great. I'm sorry. Like the first time I saw DP cheesesteaks, all I could think of was it Donkey used to be Punch. called Downtown Philly cheesesteaks, and then they changed it to DP. I know the owner. Yes, which I read Donkey from Punch. from a horrible fashion as either Donkey Punch or Double Penetration cheesesteaks. Well, that's not. <laughs> and neither of those are great names, in my opinion. That's why I don't think DP is a good name. I will say this. It's, so it's short for Downtown Philly. I know. But they don't they don't advertise that anywhere because it's if they not do catchy. if you walk in their stores and all of their <laughs> decor is from Philadelphia. The jalapeno <laughs> sauce at at Moochie's is second to none. Like I have yet to have a sauce that good. But DP Cheesesteaks makes that cherry that cherry pepper sauce. You know what I'm talking about? I know what you're talking about. It's really about. good. It's really good. I will give them that. But I still think Moochie's cheesesteak is better. I don't like this last one because there's a better poke place in Utah. But you got to read it the way Utahns read it. The laid back poke shack? Poke? No. No, the laid, laid back, back poke, poke shack. shack. Oh. They don't read it as poke. They poke, by the way, is a uh, <laughs> is a specific kind of dish made primarily with tuna. Uh, it's a Hawaiian dish uh, that is basically cut up fish so with, with mayo and other things on well, it. Well, there's all different kinds yeah, of ways. But a really good one is in Draper, and it's called Side of Aloha. And Not the poke delicious. shack. It's delicious. Not no, the poke shack. <laughs> not the poke shack. Not the laid back poke shack. Everybody likes a poke shack, but <laughs> you know, any really, really good Hawaiian place has that and locomocos, poke and locomocos. Nice. There's a place, and I don't know what the hell the name of it is. It's this little shit building off of like 
You know where the driver's license division is? Or not the driver's license division, but the DMV off of like 33rd and On whatever. 3rd West. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's somewhere in an area kind of like that, but maybe a little bit further north, there was this Hawaiian place. was so fucking good. And they have, and I don't remember the name of it. I've been there like twice that other people drove me to and I didn't pay attention. And it is really good. They have really good food, but I don't know what the hell the name of it is. Oh, also speaking of Hawaiian food, I have a can of Spam upstairs because I'm going to make some Spam masubi uh, at some point in the next week or two. Hawaii is the number one consumer of Spam. They trade that shit like drugs. The United States. That's not even an exaggeration. I'm not kidding. It's It's not not an exaggeration. Partially because it's hard to get meat and they can ship it. In some some places, in some supermarkets and stuff, like especially around like Honolulu, where they have like big like drug problems... They have it behind glass cases under lock and key. I'm not fucking kidding you because the <laughs> stuff is so popular that um, people steal it and then trade it for drugs. No <laughs> joke. Spam. No joke. Huh. All right. So let's talk about, um, um, I don't know. Let's talk about, we don't need this one. Um, so fireworks season is not quite over in Utah. It is for the rest of the world or country. Um, not quite in Utah. But one thing that is a result of fireworks is the shelters. Um, Salt Lake County Animal Shelter in particular is completely full to capacity. Um, A lot of that is because pets run away. Dogs in particular during fireworks season get freaked out. My dog was shaking uncontrollably one night, mostly from a thunderstorm. Surprisingly, the the fireworks weren't as bad for him this year. Um, We kennel the dogs on the fourth. Yeah, he kind of kennels himself in a corner somewhere. Um, Kelly locks her dog in the in the basement with music playing. I have to go outside. So actually on the third, because I was working, I was I brought him down to the basement with me and he did a lot better once I got him in the basement in the office. He he still hid behind the chair though. I don't I don't know if I told you that he was behind my rocking chair in my office. Um, but he he calmed down and was able to sleep. I have to go outside with him at night to get him to go to the bathroom sometimes. Um, so anyway, there's two things that I want to mention that for one, make sure you take care of your pets, get them microchipped. If you did lose a dog, uh, or cat, check the shelters. Um, there's a good chance that, that it's been picked up. Um, also, if you want to adopt an animal or get a new animal, now is a great time because there's a big selection and you get to kind of have pick of the kennel, uh, of the litter. and that's way fucking better than buying a dog. People way better. Well, technically you're still buying it. Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, also, what uh, something that happened this weekend, um, it was not in Jess's events, and once I read the story, I was really disappointed she didn't talk about it. Um, if there was, it wasn't an event on Facebook, I can't help you. Well, you know, I don't think Jehovah's Witnesses use Facebook is the problem. <laughs> I, <laughs> um, they they uh, had a big convention here, actually, one of, the, one of the biggest in Salt Lake, which is a really weird choice for a Jehovah's Witness convention. <laughs> <laughs> they were up in Ogden, actually. Maybe they um, got a good deal on the event center. That's a 4,200 4, people participated. Um, it was a regional convention, not a national convention, um, but it was a week weekend long, uh, um, Friday through Sunday at the D event center. Um, I think your dad was here. I don't know. It, wait, it's this weekend. No, it is. Wait, wait, wait. Hold on. Uh, no, it was last weekend. Okay. My dad might have been. Um, he's a he's a J Dub. He's crazy. They sent me the J Dub uh, like Ezine for 
Ensign. Uh, whatever. The stupid magazine for a long time. The Watchtower? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah. Ensign is the Mormon one. Yeah. It was, no, it's a zine. It's called a zine. It's a, go look it up. That's a real word. It's like a self-published magazine, essentially. Uh, and so they, they used to send that to me. And because I like of to all color the, the pictures in the Watchtower. All the crazy <laughs> shit that you, they, they would send me via email and stuff. I finally had to actually mark her as spam and block her from emailing me, my dad's wife. They're fucking crazy. Not that all J-dubs are. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses are not necessarily crazy. Um, but they brought a good $2.5 million to our economy. So thank you, guys. That's uh, good since we lost, you know, the outdoor. Yeah. We, we'll take all the conventions we can get. <laughs> Jehovah's Witness, come on down. Uh, so anyway, interesting. Um, I'm disappointed Jess didn't tell me about it. I would have liked to see my dad. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. Failure. What can I say? <laughs> I'm sure the boys up on the Capitol will find a way to offend these guys and make them not want to come back too. Oh, probably, probably. No, I can't be here if you're not Mormon Jesus. Sorry, space, space Jesus or bust, bitches. <laughs> um, I think, uh, yeah, we'll just we'll briefly talk about um the stupid bitch face Mia Love. I feel like uh, we don't need to. All right, so. Just real quick, I did run into Jim DeBacchus on the 4th of July and ha- and was talking to him and Steve Urquhart and briefly mentioned her. And he was like, there's no way that she'll run again. And no joke, the next day, this news broke. So She's poised to uh, run, so she's going to No, run. she's just thinking no, she's, about it. She's saying that there's nobody that's electable. And if they don't, somebody, the three, her three candidates don't step up to the plate, then she'll have to run. Yeah. Yeah, because she wants to challenge Ben McAdams again. Mm-hmm. Which, honestly, I don't think that she'd be able to beat him because I think... Not after all he's been doing. Well, it's not just that. Her district literally fucking hates her. Like, the people that vote for her are the people that vote R no matter what. But I think McAdams has a... has a He's been doing a lot. He's been really engaged. And I don't say that just because I'm a bleeding heart liberal tribalist. Um, that was for you, John. I don't know you don't listen to the podcast, but... John calls me a progressive tribalist. <laughs> I thought you said a tribalist, like you're some kind of no, musician. Tribalist, like I don't listen to other people. It's not true. It's a joke. But um, he, so he does have a, a lot of people in Salt Lake County in particular, but in his district as a whole that, that do love him. And he's been very, very engaged with them. And I think that's super important. He's also an incredibly moderate Democrat, um, like Basically, what a pro- Republican probably was 20 years ago, that's what Ben McAdams is. <laughs> so, uh, things, oh my, how the times have changed. Um, so, anyway, uh, she might be running, she might not be running. Um, so, there, we mentioned it. I don't really want to fucking talk about her again. Maybe we should find her an end-of-life duel and convince her that she should just <laughs> let go. <laughs> so, before we talk to our end-of-life doula, which, by the way, I need to fix this spelling. Um, nope, never mind. It's fixed on here. I think I spelled it wrong I when I put it, it down. Out. Thanks. I realized that I spelled it wrong earlier, but um, anyway, let's talk about the uh, there. Are, um, so Jeremy has been good about trying to find articles that match who our, we're talking to. Been our, trying, and so one of the things that he found from 2011, um, <laughs> which from, is still relevant. To They're be just, fair, September more. 9th, so right before a big tragedy happened, there was some. This it's like this article was forecasting. Hey. All these people... This is 2011, not 2001. Oh, yeah, that's right. Never mind. <laughs> but 
But it was the tenth anniversary. Worry, don't don't worry about it. It's, it's just <laughs> everything that I've said. You know what I'm surprised before we talk about this. What I'm surprised I've not seen a ton of in local news is when the big earthquake's going to hit Utah because of the shit that happened in California on the fourth and the fifth. Um, which is incredible. Have you seen the space pictures? Yeah, of that's the crack. A pretty crazy. It's, it's incredible. But it's not. I mean, it's not unheard it's of. Not the it's, same fault or the not fault. Uh, the tectonic it's not the yeah. San Andreas fault line. It was yeah. a different one. Yeah. But my point is, usually when shit like that happens, look, when they had the fucking tsunami in Japan, the news They're stations like, here... The Great Salt Lake going to flood Utah. Could, could we get a tsunami from the Great Salt Lake? What if half the cliff face from I did. Antelope I Island saw fell one. In? One about just being prepared. Well, article, and that's true. So. But I'm telling you, half the fucking houses in downtown will fucking crumble to shit if we have an earthquake, so... Jeremy, what do you think about the old houses in Salt Lake City before they got Yeah. It won't take much. Any of the new oh, stuff. There was an article was about the pillars that are under the Capitol. The yeah. earthquake pillars. But that was it that I saw. Well, any of the any of the new stuff, anything that's been built in the last thirty years is well prepared for Since earthquakes. Since the eighties, probably. Yeah. yeah. I guess God, lots of people are retrofitting a lot of those old buildings those, though. They can be retrofitted to a point. And we don't necessarily need to get into it. The retrofitting helps Somewhat, but all that brick is still coming down. Yeah, really what it helps with is minimizing the damage it, to people. Wh- the whole idea is it's supposed to be, it gives you a time. certain amount of time to get out of the building. The building is not going to be saved. Right. It's just, it, it allots for a long They're rated for how long it, it will, t- it, it will stand. Before, yeah. What about before our high rises? I don't know when any of those were built in downtown. The high rises, will they, will they survive? High rises are a whole different commercial uh, architecture and commercial standards are way different than residential. They wave. So yeah, the, like those this. are those are. Talk about falling rocks in Timpanogos Cave, though. Holy shit! Um, oh, so bad. if you're if you go up Timpanogos Cave, you there you actually get to see the fault lines. There's one on the oh, outside really? on the trail, and then there's one on the inside, and it's clearly visible where the iron is dripping below it, and everything else above it is cal- is um calcium carbonate. So oh, that's fucking. It's cool. pretty incredible. That's really cool. Okay, but so it's sorry. but I, I on that. I just want to say that one of my most favorite things about watching all the like people post on Twitter and stuff about the earthquakes in California is that their measure is their pools. <laughs> like, <laughs> like it's pre- it's pretty crazy to like watch it. You know, sloshing up on the cement and mm-hmm. and you know if you have a seven point one, the one was where it was located, it'd only be like a five in L.A. But that's still there. I think they said. In the first day, there was 150 aftershocks between two and five, and over the whole weekend, there was like 1,400. Wow. Yeah. It was serious, serious settling after that big movement. And also, there's a big, just north of there, I can't remember how far, it's by the, the naval base, um, there are volcanoes uh-huh. underneath, and that would be... So and they're I, wondering if they're tied together. It was, so. it was interesting, because the first report of the bigger one on July 4th, all the reports that I read said this is a prequake, that they knew there was a bigger because that was like a six point four. The lady who works for the the seismologist, she's rad. And they were like, "This is a prequake." All the articles said pre six point four prequake in Southern California, and then sure enough, here comes a seven point one. Uh, so it was very interesting. Of, yeah, that they, I mean, that that's earthquakes are they're getting really really good at earthquakes. So, if you die in an earthquake, um, or a loved one dies in the earthquake, you have options. Now, 
Several years ago, there were fewer options than there are now, but you don't just get to get buried in a tomb. And we talk a little bit about like green burials with uh, with our guest uh, here in just a little bit. But we, we want to talk about some of the other stuff that you can do, some of the other cool shit you can do to be buried. Out of the box. <laughs> so there's natural, uh, which is, is just dump your ass in a hole and bury you and put a garden over top of you. You can be in a, so if you do green burial, a lot of uh, green morticians will use like a wicker basket or like a pine box, but that's it. Or you can just be uh, put in a shroud and lowered in the ground. The big thing for me with the green burial is a, a box is fine as long as it's just a wood box that's mm-hmm. going to de- be, be decomposing and, and degrading. And no fucking fluids. Mm-hmm. Don't embalm my body. I don't want to poison the earth. I want my body to naturally poison the earth from all the shit I've eaten over the years. It, well, it won't, by the way. That's a myth. <laughs> I know. I know it's a total myth. Trust me, my body's full of shit, but it's going to feed the hell out of some worms and beetles. Which is great. And mushrooms. And some fungus, for sure. <laughs> don't eat those mushrooms, because most of them are poisonous. <laughs> but if you grow an apple tree on top of me, Brie, I want you to make apple pies. Dude, I can't grow anything. What if you plant a cherry tree? I can't grow anything. But it, you don't. I will be growing I'm it broken. for you. I will grow it for you under the ground. I will fertilize that thing for at least a Why year. Why do you think you're going to die from me? You're five and a half years younger than I am. Because shit happens. So <laughs> um, on along the lines of the natural burial um, that we kind of touched base with our guest today is uh, Washington just passed a law that you can now be uh composted so or fed to jeremy's chickens fed to jeremy's chickens that's but we're in utah so we have to wait for that because in utah aquamation just passed in this last legislative session yeah so so there's eternal reefs and i didn't know about this so they can mix you with concrete and make you a reef in the ocean because you know concrete's always great no so what they they drop it down and the coral like naturally forms around it gives it it a place for the coral to replenish Mm -hmm. yeah so my skull (laughs) <laughs> I mean, really? And then the fish? You're not, you're not in the shape of a person anymore. Well, they mix me with concrete, and then the fish come and peck off all the skin and flesh. Lay that baby. To be I think you're second. missing the point. Lay that baby egg You're your not a body. That is bullshit. <laughs> you could be. Why the fuck are we turning ourselves into concrete, then? That is just bullshit. Uh, there's cryonics. Um, <laughs> okay. So on my way home from Bear Lake on, I think I was listening to NPR or something, CNN, I don't know. Holy Um, fuck, $200,000? Okay, so there was a guy in the 60s that had a whole lab under the cemetery in LA and like effed everything up, like the worst way you could possibly. And so I don't even know, This there are people that are still frozen. But the idea behind it is just completely bonkers. No, it's fucking great. <laughs> no, it's if you not. freeze yourself today, in 40 years, they'll unfreeze you and fix your Parkinson's. So there's two There's two different ways they do it. You can do full body or you can do just your head. Yeah. Have you seen Futurama? Just the head's fine. No. <laughs> the fucking President Nixon is another head in Futurama. <sighs> you can live a full healthy life again as a head in a jar. I'm for any of these other ones, but cryonics is just weird to me. Space burial. It's kind of like cryonics, but they shoot your ass into space instead. That would be cool. That's a lot cheaper. Fuck. That's way cheaper. Three grand? Yeah, let's just shoot our trash into space. Fuck yeah. No, we're not trash. We're not trash. Look, 
I want. Here's the thing: if you shoot, we my would ashes, be in space. It's not like you're gonna decompose in space. There's no bacteria. No, 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 There's no they no. cremate you first. Yeah, yeah you they just get shot. First. It's like when I want to be a firework. So yeah, they shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get there. Don't worry. You laugh, oh, but this you is imagine, real. Can you imagine if you were a firework that went off at the gateway display and just sprayed the crowd of people? <laughs> <laughs> this is really a thing. The I'll ash from the fireworks it. is Jess's body, like all over your face. No, they they <laughs> cremate you and they shoot you into face. space. Now, can you Somebody imagine that? being the ash that bores a hole in like the American satellite over China later in life? Like when you're, you could just be, yeah, but once you're in space, your particles are just floating around, so that's that, rad. But that's what I'm saying. Like your particle is moving so fast in space that if it makes contact with like, it, a, like satellite, a satellite, it will fucking put a hole all the way through the it's satellite. Like a bird in a plane. A little bone fragment. Th- look, there are, is enough space junk up there. I don't see why adding some ashes is any worse. So this next one is actually Utah related because the only place that you can be mummified in the United States is in Salt Lake City. No fucking way. Yes. Why is that? But look. I learned about it on Ask a Mortician and when she said it I was like what? And it's the pyramid that our good buddy Derek said to go visit. Really? Yeah. It starts at 63,000. It's so, so Who expensive. gives a shit? But look, it's a pro- <laughs> it's a process though, right? Because they, they dry out your body. They take all your organs out. Do they put them in jars and stuff like they did in Egypt? Body in a jelly jar. Or do- <laughs> so I really want to find somebody from this organization to come on this show. That would be it's awesome. called Summum. Yeah, yeah. That would be cool. The guy is dead. Like, the the founder of it is dead. He's actually in the building mummified with his cat. But Well, if you're going to be mummified, you got to have a cat. Right. Hell yeah, and some honey. Right. Yeah. So, anyways, it yeah, that isn't that crazy that that's, Utah is the only place you Body can be in a honey jar. Can, can you plastify yourself in Utah? No, you cannot. Plastination does not happen in Utah. Does, is plastic? I I imagine plastination is like a wax museum, but way fucking. Have you not been to Body Worlds before? Isn't that yeah, where they have? Oh, okay, it's all veins. It's everything. But, it's but, just this. It's just the way that the body is preserved. It's, it's like the. It's like what you see in like the Body Worlds exhibit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That'll last forever. Yeah. And it's still very, very controversial, but I think it'd be rad. And then, yeah, there's the compost thing, the green burial stuff. Um, so there's also the water cremation. Water cremation, aquamation. It's alkaline hydrolysis cremation is what it is. And it's still pretty new, but they put you in a big vat and then it's like 90% water and 10% um, the alkaline solution. And you're in. So if you have a normal like fire cremation, once they grind you up, you're like chunks, like more like rocky. And this, it turns you like really fine powder once they grind you up. So that's what I want to do. And then I'm going to be shipped to the UK and turned into fireworks ship back because my birthday is the 25th and I've always had fireworks for my birthday so that's my plan so far rain just down on a there's only grip of people at the gateway there's only one place that does it but it's a thing I think and it's not that expensive either I bet you could get the fireworks place in Saratoga Springs to pack you in (laughs) I should ask I should be like do you deal with cremated with cremains if I give you some ashes can you pack these into a fireworks you can melt cremains by the way it's not against the law you can eat them, too. I saw that on a fucking My you Strange can. Addiction show. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that's not listed on here are the pods that you can be put in, your cremains can be put in to grow trees, like you're yeah, talking about. the mushroom suits as well that they have now. Which are... It's a suit full it's of mushrooms. It's still sketchy. They, yeah, it's still like... There's nothing sketchy about getting yeah. rid of a body like that. 
Not at all. <laughs> no, like the, the like the technology of the suits isn't like what people are selling it as. You know, you can also throw a body into a vat of hydrochloric acid if you need. I mean, what is this breaking? Bad? You could throw them into Logan Canyon too. <laughs> or you can chuck them down in an abandoned mine shaft. There's a lot of holes. With Susan Powell. Yeah, I mean that's my ultimate goal is when I die, someone Don't throw my body so I can hang out with Susan. Me and her can have something some else that's not on here is that you can donate your body to Science University of Utah. That is true. You can do but that. But your family won't get you back for like maybe years Fuck and you'll that. just Who show up in the shit? mailbox. They do not mail you with the U.S. Postal yes, Service. Yes, they yet. do. No, they don't. The U.S. Postal Service yes. does not deliver dead bodies. They do. Yes. Absolutely, they do. That's a cremains, lie. Yes. Well, maybe the cremains. No, they. you don't get the body back. If you go to science, they cremate you. Yeah, that's fine with me. And I want them to do whatever the fuck they want to my body. I don't give a shit. My body is for not me when I'm dead. I'm not here. I don't care. It's not getting me anywhere. You are a hashtag future and if and, and if the Mormons want to baptize me after I'm dead because they think they're right, go for it. Because if you're right and I'm wrong, <laughs> fuck but- you gotta good, put in your, good on me. You got to put in your will that you want them to baptize the, your body. They have to baptize your body. What? That's weird. They can do whatever the fuck they want. I don't care what they do. I won't Why? be here. Can't they just baptize you for the dead so it's somebody else? Yeah, but it'd be better if they baptized you when you were dead. No, that's fucked up, man. <laughs> that is messed up. What is wrong with you? With us today, we have uh, a death doula. Uh, Jude Higgins. Jude, are, are you related to the Higgins of Higgins Auto? I am not. I wish I was. <laughs> <laughs> I just asked because we have a car there for right the now. second time in. No, well, third. 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 Yeah, Bree's car's been there twice. twice. Uh, my daughter's car's there now. The insurance companies love that place. Yeah, they do. Nice. <laughs> no, there are no relatives of mine. Uh, I saw Higgins and I was like, oh, she related to the Higgins Auto people. I don't blame you. I'd want I to be saw too. that, That's... and I didn't even think about it, and I've been talking to him all day, so. Well, and you're a death doula, so you do a different kind of body work, perhaps. I do, <laughs> exactly. Ooh, nice segue. Nice. That was good. So I asked Jess, because I've, I've never heard of a death doula before, but, I mean, I understand what a doula is. Um, so I asked Jess, I said, well, is she, like, does she teach people how to have abortions, or uh is she like helping them <laughs> helping them in their lives or what is a death doula and then she sent me a link to your site and i got busy and i didn't look at it oh <laughs> but i did tell my coworker, and she knew what you were and she's all excited to hear about the interview tomorrow. oh nice she's she's much older Fabulous. too so she might be calling you no she's actually thought about uh she said there was a place in sugar house for like homeless people so they don't die alone. And there is. And I can't. It's called it. the in-between. Yes. And it's a homeless hospice. And she has, she has considered that because her son was an addict or I guess you're always an addict, but like an actual, like on the street addict for a long, long time. And so she's actually considered when she retires, that is something she might go do. So that's pretty cool. So can you explain for, for those of us like me that, just make stuff up when they think of death doula? <laughs> so doula is a Greek word that actually means woman servant. Um, huh. Translated exactly. But um, a death doula or an end of life doula helps people who are transitioning as well as their families. So it's like a birth doula, but on the other side of the spectrum. So the whole cycle of life. Wow. Are there doulas in between uh, the birth? <laughs> I need one of those. Those would be therapists. No, I'm just, <laughs> like, just, just I mean, really, because that's what it kind of is, right? Like, it's a life therapist of sorts. Um, we don't fix 
We don't give advice. We don't do any of that sort of thing, even though it's, it's a paradox because people who want to do this work tend to be healers or social workers or people that like to fix, but we just hold space. So we meet clients where they are. We meet families where they are. Sometimes we do dishes. We just hold the space for people who are in a really difficult transitory period. That is a difficult time for most people, you know, whether you're the one dying or your family of the one dying. A lot of people have a hard time dealing with with grief. So are you just facilitating them to to kind of deal with stuff? Are you helping them walk through the process of, well, you're going to die. This is the these are the steps that you need to take to lessen the impact on others. So if we talk about the perfect death doula experience, Mm -hmm. right? The way it's written. The way, the way you do it. (laughs) The way, yeah, the way I do it. (laughs) Um, it, it would be fabulous if every family had a death doula. And because people who are trans, well, everyone wants to think about their legacy project. Like, what are you leaving your loved ones? So we work with people around legacy. We work with people around guilt and shame and regrets and unfinished business. And we can do that in a number of gentle ways through guided meditations or visualizations or even just reading poetry that will evoke certain things that they can think about, maybe talk about, maybe not. Um, and then we help people with regard to their vigil plan. So what do you want it to look like and be like and feel like as you're transitioning? How do you want your room? Um, you know, do you want your animals with you? I want my dogs on my bed with me. Um, do you want people to touch you? Are you okay with that? Do you want people to sing or read poetry? What kind of music do you want? What kind of smells do you want? So we go through all of that plan because when someone's transitioning, they're not conscious and we advocate for the client. Um, I told my aunt today because she hadn't your, even... I can't hear your, you. Your mic's off there, oh, dear. There you go. Has it been off this whole time? No. no. Oh. You, you just managed to turn it off when oh. you were displaying... Oh, um, probably when I put to, my headphones on. Yeah. Anyways, um, my aunt had never heard the term doula before at all, not even what? with birth. I know, and so, which is funny. Cause I've she's, met the aunt that we've met. Yeah, because she's very much into that. <laughs> she's actually very interested in speaking to you, so... Um, I was like, it's so your family doesn't pull shit when you're dying. (laughs) Absolutely. And let me tell you, the clients are the easy ones. The families, it's really, really difficult. Um, Families are not ready. So oftentimes families either try to push people away or pull them and hold them here. And we're just holding space for that messy in between. You can't push someone someone away and you can't hold someone here. And that's what families want to do. They want to get it over really quickly or not let them go. So it's problematic, but, um, the families are oftentimes much more, you know, someone who's given, given a terminal diagnosis or who's on palliative care, oftentimes they're ready to go and they can say, I want to die. Um, because they have that diagnosis mm-hmm. and, Families are not ready to hear that. So 
that's well like it's it's like the the guy who's got prostate like stage four prostate cancer and the family's like you need to fight it you're gonna be fucking miserable for the last two years (laughs) of your life if you manage two years absolutely yeah and then when they are on their deathbed they feel like a failure because they didn't fight hard enough yeah or they didn't win the battle or all of those things that we have the terminology and verbiage we use around dying is is fighting it and winning and we're all going to die. Bree and I are on the opposite end of that spectrum. We're all future corpses. <laughs> Bree and, and I are on the uh, get it over with spectrum, but we know we're, we're, we're in sync with this. Like terminal illness, you can buy the bullet. <laughs> like that's, that's kind of where we're at. But you know, Bree's mom and the daughters on the other hand, maybe not quite in the same boat. I'm not sure. As long as it's written down and. Yeah, one of these days we'll do a will. So do you do, besides like the, the, that kind of in between time, do you help them, you know, if they want, do you help them, you know, figure out the funeral plan and Mm -hmm. and, and the burial service and all that stuff? Absolutely. Yeah. And sometimes working, sometimes just facilitating the conversation. Right. So talking with the client so that they're really clear on what they want and then they feel more comfortable going to their family and talking to them. So kind of being that mediator of getting that conversation started saying, hey, we need a death plan. So do you do you ever have those conversations with people like Bree and I that are perfectly healthy and no foreseeable death in the future? Or is or is your time really kind of relegated to people that are, are in that space of. Very much end of life. Well, because I'm a death doula, (laughs) a lot of my friends know I'm a death doula. Um, Sometimes those conversations come up. Yes, absolutely. And you said you said you do stuff, you know, a lot of stuff with the family as well. So it's not just the person that's that's dying or, or transitioning, as you say, but. There's, there's a whole another group, a larger group of people, the family. Do they engage you sometimes before the person dying does? Is that something that happens? Um, sometimes I'm contacted by hospice. Sometimes I am contacted by the family beforehand. Um, sometimes with the client. But, um, and sometimes there are gentle, gentle things, conversations that I have with family members that I just kind of like plant a seed and then walk away things that they don't want to talk about or think about. So some total inception crap. Well, it's, <laughs> I don't want to say kind crap. Of like, I, I was trying to be nice, but some know, total inception. we're going to have to see a catheter sooner or later. Right. Yeah. Um, we're going to have to move that hospital bed in. If, if you want the transition to happen in your home, right. When people are adamant, nope, no catheter. It's like, all right. That's Just fine. letting you know what happens if you're not, if you don't have one. But so those types of like just Very setting soft. that, walking away. Yeah. Yeah. But you're not medically trained, but you still have to know like the process, the like physical process. We are not. Yeah. We are not medical practitioners in any way. That's why we have clients. We don't have patients. Mm-hmm. Um, we never dispense any sort of medication. Um we just work with the the individual in a non-invasive, non-medical There's no, way. There's no Kevorkian stuff going on. Absolutely not. <laughs> Which, by the way, for those of you that don't know, I'm totally in favor of. That's, that's A-OK uh, in my yes, book. Yes, I but feel like we're all that way in this room. We can, we can do that. This is what blows my mind. And, and if you don't want to talk about this, is that's fine. But we 
make those decisions for our pets and we don't bat an eye. Absolutely. We, we, it's not that the decision's ever easy because it's just not, but we make a decision based on a pet's, you know, end of life situation that it is now time to let this pet go and to humanely euthanize the pet. We had to make that decision with our dog a year and a half ago and it's, it was not an easy decision, but the question was, what's her life really going to be like? And at least we can do it in a manner that is. It's humane. It's humane. It's in a setting that's comfortable for her. You know, we aren't carting her off somewhere. Uh, the other animals were able to see her pass away, which was, a, I think, a huge piece in them being able to accept the fact that she's just not going to be here anymore. But we can't do that with people. It's it's absolutely crazy to me that we can make those decisions on. Because pets, look, our cat, when our cat passed away, our cat was 22 years old, 21 years old. Like, that that's older than our kids were at the time. Well, and some people even, even talking about death, I, this is how I feel about it. <laughs> Sometimes when you try to have a conversation about death, it's like teaching sex education in schools. Oh, if we talk about sex education, people are going to have sex, right? So people are like, oh, if we talk about death, you're going to die, right? Or or you advocate. That's why people won't make death plans. The only reason I have sex is because I learned about it in school. (laughs) Are you telling me that that's not normal? (laughs) It's, It's this strange place that people go to. I think there's a complete binary. Either you don't talk about it at all and you ignore it and pretend it's never going to happen. Or if you do talk about it, then all of a sudden you're out to like euthanize everyone. It's, it's a very strange binary that all we want to do as end of life doulas is to get people talking about the conversation, thinking about what's going to happen in the future and having individuals take their own accountability and responsibility for what they want. So how do you make that conversation easier for people? How do you personally... How do I personally? Yeah. She gives them a candy bar. (laughs) (laughs) She lays down a paper and says, write out your death plan. (laughs) Well, most people ask because they haven't heard of what an end of life doula is. So they're interested. What do you do? What does that mean? Do they pull you over at stoplights? (laughs) (laughs) So it's on the back of her car. That's actually how I found her because she is a (laughs) client of of ours at work. And I I had just learned about doulas from uh, her name is Caitlin Doty. And she does a whole YouTube series um, called Ask a Mortician. And I had just learned about it. So when I pulled into work one day and I saw this car, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is so rad and ran inside. And I was like, whose client is this? I need to meet her. So that's how we're here right now. So you carried your stalker behavior into work. Yep. <laughs> it was fabulous. I loved it. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear. <laughs> hey, if they like it. So, I mean, yeah, so you happy. have people like, what is, so they call you and they're like, hey, what's this business on your car? Yeah. Then you tell Absolutely. them, they're like, oh my gosh, I have an Uncle Bob. <laughs> the dude is 85 years old. He's got like three months to live. Can I introduce you to him? Right. Right. Yeah. So that's a real thing. That I don't of. know that I've ever had anyone... Except for Jess. <laughs> so Talk to me because of my car. Car advertising maybe Everyone is welcome <laughs> to approach me. So how yeah. do yeah, how do you I mean, how do you find clients? So because I mean Adula, especially in in weird like backwards hippie Utah that doesn't immunize their, their kids, doulas are super popular here for birth. Right. So how that and 
like I said, I up until today, really, well, until I saw your name on the calendar whenever I go, I didn't know what a death doula was. Um, and it, it made sense because I know what a doula is, like essentially what you probably do. But how do you, how do people find you normally? Because, I mean, car advertisements are great for some things like a plumber, but. <laughs> right, right. Absolutely. Usually I, terminally ill people aren't driving around either. No, so. no. I have connections through hospice because I volunteered through hospice after my dad um, died. And for me personally, I just work with family and friends. Or if somebody calls me from hospice, um, I'll go out and, and visit with a client. Um, my goal in all of this is teaching people how to be death doulas. So I have courses where I train people. Um, and with my background in education and anthropology, and it all just kind of fell into place in terms of the skill set that I have. So I created a course to train people. That's really cool. We should back up slightly. Yeah, we didn't do Jer- Jeremy. You my failed. Ju- my usual. Jeremy wants to know how you were conceived. Since we were talking about <laughs> we might not sex have to go back that far. That's not true. Are you from Utah? Let's start with that. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> well, I was going to say I was probably conceived around Valentine's Day because I'm a November baby. Uh, Me too. Popular time. So that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm a Halloween baby. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> yes, I am. Parents oh, made some sweet, sweet sex I was going to say, no, Halloween. Jeremy's a Halloween baby. <laughs> and, and a shotgun baby. <laughs> I did not know that until this year. <laughs> You learn new things there all the go. time. It's interesting when you actually go look at like marriage certificates. Your parents never told you they were six months pregnant when My they got married? married for years before they had. So are you from Utah? <laughs> and were your parents married when they had? You? <laughs> My parents were married when they had me. Um, there was a big break in between my brother and I, so there are over fourteen years between Whoa. us. So you were an accident. My dad called me shock <laughs> for a long time. Your mom called you awe. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, I was born in Idaho. Idaho, what part? Poca- or Idaho Falls. Oh, I lived I'm in from Poca- Pocatello. You are. I lived in Pocatello. Yeah, I know. Um, you don't have to say anything else. Hey, this though, isn't but, called the new, yeah. the new Idaho. The new Idaho <laughs> There's a reason you don't live there anymore. Abs- well, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so Idaho. So Idaho. Okay. Um, and... But my parents were from California area. Huh. So my dad got transferred. That's that's usually how people end up in Idaho. No one goes, honey, let's move to Idaho. No. (laughs) No. I go, oh, my job's getting transferred to Idaho. Well, do you want to find another job here? If you go to Sun Valley, it's a good, I mean, this is a good job. Let's just do it. You know, my dad was always very, saw the light in everything. And I was like, but you've left San Francisco. Idaho Falls. <laughs> That's rough. Isn't that rough? So, so you're in Idaho. <laughs> yes. Then what? Did um, you, were you there through high school, college, all that? I, well, in my first career, my first life, I did ballet. Oh. So, wow. I, I could totally see you as like a dance teacher. You totally look like a dance I teacher. Pretty high demand for, for ballet. You look dancers. like a dance teacher. Thank you. <laughs> I can see you up in front of the class with the little ballerinas. And- I did. I did. And I danced professionally, but my voice wasn't strong enough for Broadway. So there's um, not a the lot singing of, didn't work. Not a lot of dancing demand in Twin Falls. Yeah. Idaho no, Falls. I danced. I danced <laughs> elsewhere. Um, I mean, I then- can think of one type of dancer that's probably in the <laughs> but I don't. We won't go there, though. <laughs> 
ballet. ballet. Did I mention ballet? Um, and then I went to the University of Kansas and did graduate work because I had to make a choice at that time. So I, Idaho, anywhere else? Idaho, any? Well, <laughs> I couldn't dance on Broadway, so that was my dream. So it was like take voice lessons and then come back and see if your singing voice is strong enough. And I was like, meh, I'll go to school. So I finished my bachelor's here in anthropology, went to the University of Kansas, got a master's in museum studies with an anthropology emphasis, came back here for a doctorate. To Utah? To Utah in archaeology. At the U? Oh, Uh that's cool. Yep. And then... Why'd you come back to Utah? Because it wasn't Idaho. Because she already left Idaho like well, years ago. No, I know, but, but families are so like. So well, like, she goes. She goes. Uh, to, she like you're to, close you got, to family, but so you're not there. I was born in Pocatello. My I was three when my parents moved. We moved to Iowa, and when they moved back here, they moved to Utah because it wasn't Idaho. <laughs> but she went to. Went to it was school. for school, right? So I was focusing. Uh, okay, my second career was in archaeology, where I focused on Weird. You had two anthropology bones. degrees and a doctorate in archaeology. So it's not part. a doctorate yet in archaeology. No. I finished Coming. all my coursework, but I focused on dead things, animal bones in archaeological sites, and I reconstructed diet, specifically birds. Did you go out on different? Mm-hmm. Digs and stuff. Absolutely. So we've had yeah. the Indiana Jones talk. We won't go down. No, no, no. Right. Yeah, I was yeah. gonna. No, I needed to ask you. <laughs> well, is he like your idol as an archaeologist? Laura Croft, no. Tomb Raider. Yeah. Hello. No, because oh, Indiana Jones. Better, that's at least a closer representation. Right. Well, because let's face it, Indiana Jones is the worst archaeologist. Absolutely, alive. he's he a pot hunter. He destroys every temple he goes into. <laughs> Amazingly, we have Steals talked to a everything. few archaeologists on this show. Like, nice one. Not, not, not professional. <laughs> all of them, but, but yeah. So you, you okay. work, you're working with with bones and dead things and, mm-hmm. and studying. So where right. did you where did you do digs and stuff? Mostly in New Mexico and Kansas, and like I dinosaur. I've done survey work. No, now see, she so said no. birds. The paleontologist. That's a paleontologist. Yeah. <laughs> My parents would always send me articles on dinosaurs. Like, oh, did you like, see this dino was found? Like, she said great, birds. Well, but yeah, this but is not anthropology. And they're birds. Yeah, but anthropology starts with humans yes. who did not live with dinosaurs. There's a whole like dinosaurs <laughs> went extinct and 65 million years ago. I thought humans the came on the scene the at about seven <laughs> upright, and then. Our so the whole Flintstone thing is a lie. My million. Lie. Yeah, no, your childhood's a lie. Flintstones. Dude, the, the people are older than what you. What is wrong with you? <laughs> Do you remember the Flintstones Winston commercial? The Winston commercials? The cigarette Winston? Yeah, oh, Flintstones yeah. doing the commercials for cigarettes. I remember those days. I gotta ask you. Back when you could watch booze. Now this is this is a little inside baseball for, for anthropology and specifically in North America. Are you in the camp of people came here like 13,000 years ago or in the camp of people have been here a lot longer than that in the North American continent? I'm in the camp of evidence with regard to science. (laughs) So what does the evidence say? Um, So no magic Jesus stuff. I'm not talking about magic space Jesus people. I'm talking about digs that have, have right. come, been coming up. If in you like have California evidence in very, very, very far South America that hits about 13,500 thousand years ago, then obviously coming over from Beringia and migrating down would have had to have been earlier. I think there are probably later sites, but 
I'm not going to speak to that because there's no evidence for it, right? There might be aliens and extraterrestrials, but what's the evidence? Like, so in terms of my archaeology, anthropology, I'm very, very like scientifically minded. That's fantastic. In terms of my death doula, I'm complete woo. So <laughs> there's a paradox in my whole brain. Complete woo. I love it. <laughs> but see, I believe, see, I, th- I see that is more, more of a, of a Taoist makeup of like a, a yin and a yang sort of makeup because you have this incredible scientific mindset of, of fact and, and, and history. And then you're like, and then there's the beyond. And then there's the unknown. The part However, you can't know. we've got no scientific evidence of the beyond. So it's whatever you think, mm-hmm. really. Right. Right. And what you experience. Right. Okay. So you're digging for bones. Now what? I'm digging for bones. And then I start teaching at the college. The U? um, The community college. Community college. And then um, I'm doing a doctorate at the U, but now in education and writing a dissertation there. And my whole life, my mom was sick. She was really on palliative care. She had a really bad heart. So she was on pacemakers, um, her fourth pacemaker when she died. So it was a very sick household, very quiet. How did she even have two kids? It's crazy. She died once came back. Um, yeah, it was, it was intense. Um, and then I had friends that had died and then my dad asked to move in with me when he was sick. And I was like, Oh, okay. And I didn't really know what I was getting into. And he had his whole plan, right? He had his whole plan of everything that he wanted. But what I didn't realize is that I had to put it in place. <laughs> so when that's he was a lot like, to put on your daughter. When he, well, that, and that's what families do, right? They, they take care of your parents. So how old were you at this time and how old was he like? Well, and you have a brother. Was he in the picture? He wasn't. Okay. He lived in Idaho. and, and He never got out? He never got out. <laughs> he's stuck. Well, Idaho. I mean, he's from a different generation. He's 14 years older. Like It's true. And things were, Idaho. Things were different back then. They don't have yeah. televisions. It's like you take care phones. of him. Hey, look. I saw this, <laughs> whole, I saw this whole documentary. Uh, what was it? Uh, kidnapped in plain sight? Or, or yeah. I, I know her. I went to school with her. I was in a play with her. That era... Is like an era of complete naivety. Well, yeah. we, so, we watched it, it with is. my with my nineteen year old, and we had to keep pausing it because she's like, "Why did they do that?" And I said, "You got to remember, <laughs> there's not a computer in your pocket. Um, you go to church grew up you, a lot slower, you know, you, and, and uh, it wasn't you, you didn't know everything right away. Everybody had to think of everything. everything was word of mouth. It was just it was a like, slower time. And that town too is very clickish Plus and very, st- very like if." reputation is everything i'm glad that you have some compassion for her family yeah. i mean they're still a little come on I, but I, I do not understand at all how she is like like i get it forgetting your parents for, and getting over it but i don't understand how yeah. you're like doing book tours with your mom like no way i'd be like no i'm sorry <laughs> But I, I, again, even back then, like the, the, we're way off topic. But back then, like <laughs> those times, like people did, like Ted Bunny didn't exist yet, and right. and the the like super what? She lived in his house. I lived what? in his house. Wow. One of the avenues. Yeah, that's wow. rad. That was creepy. 
<sighs> that was not creepy. while he was there, right? No. Oh, good. Yeah, she was his no, girlfriend. But, one of no, one of but his... that house was she creepy. She has the right color so, hair. I guess my question with age was: <laughs> Sorry, were you like early twenties, and he was like in his seventies? No, my or... dad just died like three years okay. ago. Because and I was like, I don't want to. Because the age gap, if you were step younger, into would it. Be... Yeah, but what's the age gap between your oldest sibling and your little brother? My oldest sibling and little brother's like t- seventeen years. Yeah. yeah. So see, Same. it's not. It's not that. I, I guess I'm like just it's saying, weirder when it's just two because it's like ooh, fourteen years. If, but you have a seventeen-year time. But if you were on the younger side of things and you had a, a a parent who was on the older side, I think that would be very traumatic and difficult. I mean, not a, it, it would be difficult. It's also age, not. It's also but, not your first, right? Because you said your mom passed and then a whole bunch of my friends mom have passed. passed. But with my dad, I had to step into it. Yeah, like I ran from it with everyone else, essentially. Um, and my mom was always dying. So when she really did die, <laughs> it was a, a shock. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with my dad, I was his sole caregiver. He lived with me. Um, he was sick for two and a half years. Um, yeah, I, I had lot. to step into it. So I called my friend. I remember calling my friend who's a nurse at two in the morning when he was just, I think he was having mini strokes. I don't know what was happening. It was, it was bad. And um, she said, well, you need to make that decision. And in my head, I was like, what decision? And she said, you either call the ambulance or you don't. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I know what he wanted, but I still had to make that decision. Well, so like I that called hospice. thing that we just talked about. Like when you're having little mini strokes constantly, wouldn't it be the most humane thing to be able to have someone come and put you out of your misery to give you and not a... make your daughter either decide whether you just sit there and stare at him, have many strokes until he doesn't recover or put him in care and they're going to do everything they can to stop him. Honestly, if that was possible, at least lethal injection would be less crazy of a process. Yeah, but I, it would be hard for me to do that. Oh, yeah. Right. Well, um, you shouldn't have to be the one doing that. Right. Right. So was his plan to, to be at home? Was that, that was my plan. I think people have so much more control over their death than we realize. Um, it's true. I don't know that he really wanted to be there. I don't know that he wanted me to feel that burden. Um, but when I called hospice, they talked to him and then he was on hospice and he was a sundowner. So he was up all night and I was working during the day. So Mm -hmm. I was working during the day and up all night and losing my mind. And so I would, I called hospice and they said, you need respite. So we're going to, we're going to put him in a care facility. And before that, something that was really kind of wooey that I can't (laughs) explain. um, I had a dream, right? I have this dream and I open the door to my house and there's this big, huge Pacific Island Tongan guy standing there. And I got really scared and went to close the door and he's like, no, 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 no. We're here to help you with your dad. And I was like, okay. So I opened the door and all these Pacific Island people come in. And I was in the last semester of teaching. I had two days that I had to be gone full on full days. And so I called care.com. I was like, I don't even know who I'm getting. I was scared to get someone in the house. Here comes this Tongan woman. Hmm. I'm like, 
Yes. You're like, it ain't yes. Come I'm pretty in. sure you've already been here. You're, you're, you're set. And then when they took him away to the care facility, the guy that put him on the stretcher and put him in the Tongan. And my dad was really big in the Knights of Columbus. It's a men's Catholic yeah. organization. Catholic. Um, yeah. So he had just had communion and all of his Knights of Columbus buddies were in there. I walk into the room and there's a guy that I don't know. Tongan, right as my dad's dying. And he's like, let's start saying the rosary. And so I had all of that help from, yeah. That's really cool. That's it awesome. was beautiful. It was That's beautiful because I needed it. But a lot of people aren't aware of those, those little like indicators, you know, to be in, in tune with that stuff, especially people who are dying, like, no, like you always hear stories about people in their hospital beds being like, I'm just talking to, you know, great uncle, blah, blah, blah. Like they are. Right. <laughs> like, right. And I was forever asking my dad, who do you see? Do you see anyone yet? Are they here yet? When they're here, you know, you can go, but tell me if they're here. <laughs> right. <laughs> and the closest we got was a conversation where he was like, you know, I can see they're just, they're blurry. Like they're not clear. And I was like, okay. They're coming. What, what do you, I mean, have you encountered this? I guess I should first, first ask, um, you know, someone that's got a, this, this unfortunately happens a lot nowadays. We have, um, our parents and loved ones that, you know, as they get older, they start to go through dementia. They go through things like Alzheimer's. They start to lose their actual faculties. Have you ever been involved in, in helping, a family and, and someone in that position sort of transition on? Well, my mom had Alzheimer's. Yeah. So um, she died of congestive heart failure, but she had Alzheimer's. Yeah, most people don't yeah. die of Alzheimer's itself, but some other condition yeah. as, as their body just kind of shuts down. So, so to back up slightly, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yeah, Chris. So now how did you, you transition how into there. this? Oh. I transitioned into this because... Um, Hospice was my saving grace with my dad. And afterwards, I just thought, I have to volunteer. And my volunteer coordinator had done a death doula training. And she was like, oh, you would like this. So I went and did the death doula training and being the educator and, you know, getting my doctorate in education and designing curriculum. I was like, mm, I liked it, but it's not right. So I designed my own course. Now we're going back now to my question. Okay, all right. <laughs> Jeremy's a stickler for I gotta Sorry. get these things. Well, I just I don't know how to she got there. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I just know that she's an anthropologist that has turned into a death doula. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in the middle is just kind of gravy. Well, and my friend that I was helping transition, I worked with her for about six months and her family. Um, and she was she was actually my mentor in dance. So I taught dance at her studio and and she wanted me to be her death doula. Um, and she's the one that kind of pushed me and her son helped me and they were just like, create your own course, create your own course. So, so, so how does that work when someone is, is trying to have you help facilitate things for, for a, a client that is, you know, not all there, don't have, doesn't have all their faculties. Cause that's a, that's an incredibly difficult thing for a family to go through. Right. Um, there was one client I worked with who wasn't, who wasn't all there. And I would just sit with, um, her while the kids took a break. 
So she was on her deathbed. They had taken her off medication and she was uncomfortable and fighting, right? She, she was having trouble breathing and, and she just, when her family left, she just kept saying to me, I can't do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I just can't do this anymore. And I said, you don't have to. You can let go at any time you want to. You can let go. It's okay. Everyone will be fine. Everyone's fine. Your work here is done. You did a great job and you can just let go. You don't have to fight anymore. And she died the next day. Sometimes people need to be told that it's okay. It's because so many people are just holding on. Like, I think my boss's wife is like a perfect example of that. It's like there's so many things that like holding on and so she's terminal and that's take somebody like you saying that, oh, like it's okay. So you, you keep, you talk about plans and I wonder how often, and I think I probably know the answer, how often you run into it with your client where their families have a plan in their head and they don't even realize that they have a plan for their, the family member who's passing away they have a plan in their head about how they think it's going to happen, about how they want it to happen. And it's, it, it could be the same. It could be contradictory towards your client's plan. And I don't, I think a lot of people don't realize that they think about that because, um, my grandmother passed away a while ago and I kind of knew something was going to happen sooner or later, but my mom just didn't think anything was going to happen. And so when my grandma went, she thought it was fast. And when she went, I mean, it, it was kind of fast the day that it happened, but I'm like, how did you not expect it? So two, two people, same family, same situation, same person. I kind of like, I think she's just going to go one day. And my mom is thinking like this woman is just going to, I don't know, live to 150 and not die till she's dead, <laughs> right. you know, she, right. she would have, if she could have. Right. So I think people don't realize it, but they have a, a plan in, in the back of their head. They may not be consciously thinking of it as much as the person who's dying is, but they expect things to go a certain way. And when you come and you say, okay, I've just talked to your loved one and these are the things that they want to do. Do you think that some of the fighting maybe comes from this unconscious plan that they have? Absolutely. That absolutely a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And the, and the client is the one that suffers. Right. So, so sometimes the family will even maybe hire uh, a care nurse who may not believe in giving morphine. Oh my um, gosh! And and then you have you have someone hired by the family who's providing care who thinks that morphine is the worst thing that can be given, and you have a client who's suffering. Um, and there's a complete disconnect when maybe the client, that's what they need and that's what they want. So it's like, for me, I'm writing out my death plan. I want it legal. I want it notarized. <laughs> I want, you know, I want the morphine. I don't want to be in pain. I don't want to be in pain. Yeah. We went through it with my mom. She, she recently fixed her will and everything. And, and the lawyer that did it was really good. He's like, I like everything spelled out. I don't want to leave anything to you having to guess what your mom. And so I sat down with her and he asked her the questions and then she explained, you know, what she wanted. And he explained what each answer meant, what each item did and what each, what kind of power each item gave her as opposed to me 
uh, you know, at her time of death. Like if you do this, it makes her do this. If you do this, she has to decide these things. And we went through with comfort level. You know, she asked me, how do you, you know, do you want me to make this decision now? This is a thing I don't care about. Do you want to make the decision at the time? And I basically said, I want you to decide everything. I don't, when you're, when you're dying, I just want you to die. Like I just, (laughs) no, I think you know what I mean. Like I want you to just be able to go. I don't want to have to be sitting there at every turn going, well, what would mom want? Well, what would mom want? Or I don't want to be bugging you. Well, I don't know, mom, what do you want? Like, I want you to just be able to die. Yeah. And that's what my dad, my dad didn't want even, he wanted nothing, like not even any liquid um, IV if he was dehydrated, nothing. And just to clarify, there is a difference between a will and a death plan. Right. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Oh, for sure. Yeah. What my mom has is the will, like the legal part of (laughs) it. Right. Like the... You know, if the attorneys come in and I say, no, she can't, and she legal, doesn't want that. And legal DNRs. And well, and when, it. yeah, when hospice comes, they go over that with the, with the patient and they figure out if they want a DNR and that's everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like it's on the fridge. But there's it's so many hers, options. A, like you say DNR, but there's like, it's not just, do I unplug absolutely. them or do I not? It's, right. it's that thing that you talked about. Do we give... Um, hydration. Right. Do we, you know, give pain medication? How much pain medication do we give? At one point, do we take them off oxygen? Like there are right. so many steps. And it was nice to sit down with my mom because now, I mean, she's not old. She's 72. Uh, but it's your mom, but you know, she's fallen a couple of times. And what if one of these times it's right. the end? I don't have if to she breaks her hip. It. That's it. Yeah. Like she's not recovering. That's the way but, it is at that age. But I don't have to think about it. And it's oh, it's a huge piece of mind to me. I right. feel like people need to think about that more often. This is obviously not the part she that you do, but it no. probably helps if somebody has that part in place. No, and, but as a death doula, we encourage people to do right. that, right? And yeah, that's hard and that's painful and it's horrible to think about. But then you also put in the piece of what's your legacy project? Right. What do you want to leave? You and it becomes really beautiful and, and you know, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So you look like you have a question to ask, <laughs> but you don't know how to, but you don't know how to ask it. Well, so I want to talk about, so your space in all of this is really that what you, what you call a transition, just the, the time of them passing away do you hang around after that to help the family if you've been involved with the family kind of go through the whole funeral and grieving and mourning process so we can start from the very beginning even before someone has a terminal diagnosis or palliative care diagnosis we can start with anyone talking about a death plan and legacy and like after the birth doula, hands, <laughs> like they're done, the baby's born. There you go. Like, there this you is go. my friend. <laughs> we Dude, need to talk about a- their death plan. <laughs> yeah. Well, as, right soon as, as soon as you're born, you're dying. So, you know. Every day. Well, and the other thing is, I mean, we experience death throughout our entire life. We change a career, right? We get out of a relationship. We like, there's little deaths our entire life. So, but after the vigil, after we sit with someone and they transition, if that's what the family wants, um, we also have a time where we can, if the family wants to, wash the body, 
not the entire body, but like the arms and the face and the legs. Um, there are herbs for that that are traditional that you can infuse water and, and that can be a whole family process. Now, some families don't want anything to do with that. Um, and that's fine as well. And then after we can process grief with the family if they want us to. Sometimes they don't want to. Sometimes they're not ready. Um, so it just depends on what they want. We're there for them if they want that. It's also a misconception that you have to be taken out of your house immediately by a medical examiner yeah, or the funeral home. You can be in your home as long as your family wants you there. Absolutely. Up to a couple of weeks. I mean, <laughs> there has to be a limit. Some cultures is their entire no, my, gra- my grandma was there for, for a long time. I didn't quite make it, but she was there long enough that, that all the grand... I was out of town, so... But that the grandkids... So the grandkids could come in. But I just... Like, I... I'm not all about the body. Like that person's gone and it's just the shell. And like my mom was all about like kissing my grandma and looking at my grandma. And I'm like, I have a live memory in my head and I do not want it replaced. My dad this. liked to take pictures. Yeah. I, and, and that was not something that, that I was comfortable with, but um, there are some beautiful traditions, right? Beautiful traditions of they used to have. tearing the the nightgown and making um, the, bracelets out of the cloth. There's a right for everyone. There's a culture on an Indonesian island. Um, I, I watched this show on Netflix called Dark Tourism. I think it was I Dark love Tourism. that show. But he goes <laughs> to this island in Indonesia, and there's this culture. It's called it, Dark Tourist. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if, if, if that was the show Nec- that I saw. It's on. necrotourism is um, what it's called. But, but it, it, there, there's an island there and they, their, their dead never really leave them. So they mm-hmm. mummify their dead, uh, and they keep them in like their house. Mm-hmm. And so, and they, they have celebrations at certain years before they actually lay them to rest. Um, and so that happened for like three, four, five years in their house mummified. Mm-hmm. And it's a party when they lay them to rest. They, they slaughter animals and have giant cookouts. And they're like taking, and it's, what's really weird is the culture has become very westernized in a lot of ways. So they're like snapping selfies <laughs> with their mummified grandma right. that died four years ago. And it's totally normal. No one used to be lives. very normal in our culture. It used to be very normal. And that reminds me of, of what they do in New Orleans, which mm-hmm. I love mm-hmm. is having a second line and a big, Musical party parade, but it's also the case that now what they're doing is they're waking. I've seen a couple pictures of wakes in the house with individuals dressed in particular clothing, sitting up, watching TV. And it started in Puerto Rico. Cheetos, Mm -hmm. Coke next to the person. And Mm -hmm. that's how they're waked in the home. It's amazing. And they won't share nobody. You cannot Google anywhere how that is done. It is a complete secret. Oh, interesting. I've tried. (laughs) (laughs) It won't be for long. Somebody will. No, this is like years that they've been doing this. But it's like, it's like Dia de los Muertos. I mean, they, they celebrate every year and, and they, they, you know, invite us, the spirits to come and, and visit them and, and, you know, the, Everybody, everybody does it in a different way. Everybody mourns in a different way. There are lots of people that, like, I have a friend whose mom passed away. Gosh, I can't even remember now. It hasn't even been a year yet, but he is constantly at her gravesite. To me, she's not there. 
And, you know, it, when my mom goes, I probably, she will hate this, but I probably won't ever go to her gravesite because if she's a spirit in the way that I believe that she is, I can talk to her in the bathroom. That's how I am with my parents. I don't, I don't visit. I don't, but I just don't, I, I, I want you, baby. I love my cemeteries. Because she's got a cool tree over her Look, headstone. When, when I pass away, I want you all to eat of the fruit that is I'm not from planting tree. a tree over you because I'll probably kill the tree and then I would feel horrible. <laughs> you you can be a tree. bushes. Like, no, I can't be a tree, but a tree can grow from my <laughs> Yeah, body. they have little pods. Yeah, but good. I want it to yeah. be a fruit tree and I want people to That's eat okay, the fruit. That's okay, it can nice. be. I'll nice. probably kill it. Do you know that, okay, so Maynard from Tool... Right. Mm -hmm. When his mom died, he took her ashes and he has a vineyard now. He makes wine and he sprinkled her ashes in his vineyard and his strain of wine that's called Judith is named after his mother. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool. See, I like that idea. I, I'm not a fan of the embalming and the entombing and the like. We, Same. Our body, look, we we came from the earth. We should return to the earth in a proper fashion, in my opinion. So I was at the Lehigh Cemetery a few weeks ago visiting my mom <laughs> and there was a funeral going on which was a little odd for a Saturday it's not super common and it was late in the afternoon and and I was like I'm just gonna sit around because I really just want to watch like the end process of everything and so I'm like watching the city workers wait as soon as it was over and the truck pulled over and he started ripping things down I walked over and I was like hey can I can I watch you work? And he was like, yeah, sure. And so I walked over and like looked in the hole and they showed me where like the husband's vault was. This lady was like 90 and the city workers were complaining because they have ordinances. Like the family was supposed to be out by a certain time. They were late. Anyway, so I'm watching him put the vault lid on top of the vault. And I was like, do you doing all this like make you feel more inclined for green burial? And he was like, Oh yeah. And this was a younger kid. He was like, this vault and this casket alone, this is top of the line. This is $15,000. Mm-hmm. And I was like, <laughs> anyway, so I watched him like bring it back. The other city workers come in with their like dirt and you know, their little machine to like press it down. And I'm watching them like struggle to put this casket in the ground because the hole wasn't big enough and digging more and more. And, and I asked the older guy, same question. And he was like, no, like you could tell that he was very like, said in like this is a traditional you know way but green burial you're decomposed in 14 days to be fair traditional burial dates back no but what like but what we know years. as a, as as american western burial yeah like but that's commercialized less than, but that's burial less than 100 right. years right right so the cement vaults and stuff green burial there are a few cemeteries in utah that do allow it um no vaults, no embalming, wrapped in a shroud or... You know what cemetery allows it? Pine box. Right outside there in the backyard. <laughs> uh, no, actually. You can't you, you can't bury me. You can't do that. Sure that's <laughs> you can't do that. Pretty sure you can bury me in the backyard. Anyways, the so, but four, 14 days is, is natural me decomposition. So... <laughs> There's no, yeah. you know, there's no reason that, you know, people are afraid to put them in the ground without a vault. Okay, because- and that would also, cool. here comes the archaeologist, that yes. would also depend on the soil composition. True. It would depend on the humidity, the atmosphere. Because like, you could be a bog. A, a bog? A yeah, bog person. A bog person. <laughs> Absolutely. There is a place in Tennessee called the Body Farm if yes. you want to donate your there body are more. to that. There are actually more around the country now, too. And Crestone offers a outside funeral pyre so you can be burned if you're a citizen of Crestone, Colorado. Um, you can be like a Viking yeah. funeral? 
Well, it's not, not on water. Basically, no, they just chuck your body you onto an ever-burning bonfire. It's, <laughs> it's really bad. It's more like um, it's, it's like, more like Game of Thrones, you know, on the 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 stack of two of, words: aquamation, fireworks. Same, That's my plan, but not fireworks. I just want to be on fire I, in the water. I I see, and I don't. There's so many ways to be buried now. Like well, it's so I, crazy. I think you know. You talk about a, a traditional um, burial, and I think some of that comes from more recent Christianity and the whole, well, your body's going to be resurrected. And I feel like if you actually believe in God, then he can resurrect your body no matter what. Yeah, but let's be clear. That's not a Christian thing either. That's No, but it it really is a Western Christian thing. No, look at the ancient Egyptians. Why do you think they mummified bodies and stuck all their their organs in a jar? That was for a different thing. They actually, actually... Believe they could come back. But with those same body parts, I think Christians don't... I believe the same thing. Oh, they think you're just going to be Look, all healthy and normal. Straight up, two things to remember about Christianity. One, Jesus was not the first zombie Lazarus was. And two, <laughs> Jesus was a freaking zombie. He just had a hell of a vacation. For and it was, it, this. it's, it's, a fairly new religion. I mean, it's not Mormonism by any means, but no, it's, that's a it's whole a different new, kind of space. Jesus, new. he goes from planet to planet. It's and so, it's very similar to Egyptian beliefs yes. as well. Well, right. and, so. and like ancient Mayan, like any of those cultures that mummified their 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 dead. Like that's part of why they did it. So we're talking about traditional in quote in air quotes being a death doula and talking to families and to people who are transitioning, how are you seeing the conversation about funerals and death changing? Like now we're talking green burial and, and other things. Is it common stance or are people still like, no people with casket. It's, it seems like people with burials around burials and, and what they want, like a lot of people want green burials. Um, So that's fabulous. Um, and that's changing. And, and I just think this whole conversation around just kind of taking away the, I mean, you talked about the, the casket that was for this individual. You know, when my dad passed away, he was like cheapest casket, cheapest everything. It was still $13,000. Mm-hmm. $13,000. And he had purchased his plot. And I couldn't figure out what, what are you charging me for? Well, we have to open it. Mm-hmm. We have to I was dig, like, we have oh. to put them in, we have to cover So it's so expensive. Um, but putting the power back into the client and the family is, I think, is critical. And people are looking at green burials and wanting green burials now. Don't worry, those are going to be like $20,000, so. No. <laughs> the mushroom <laughs> suit, that's like a solid ten grand online. <laughs> And you got to buy the place to put them. You got to plant an entire farm underneath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, you're just going to go bury me out at Peterson Farms. <laughs> like in his I'm pumpkin sure, patch. I'm sure Farmer Luke would really appreciate nah, that. Farmer Luke would be all over soil. <laughs> well, that actually is something. Washington just passed a law that you can be composted. So. Yes, just throw That's me in your fabulous. box, Jeremy. One of your compost. Yeah. You got to yeah. cut. You probably got to cut me up. Your yeah, boxes aren't big enough. Like sticking out. Split me between weird. the two, and don't let your chickens eat me. <laughs> Why not? Well, I mean, yeah, it could be good feed. You don't know that. Eggs. That's true. Oh, that like the whole cycle eggs. of. That's like, actually way faster than compost. T- take it back. Cut me up, and <laughs> over the course of a week, eat? just chuck me into your chickens. <laughs> they devour you. I don't in let anyone know. Josh is already terrified of the chickens. So. <laughs> because he's an idiot. <laughs> chickens are mean. They are. But Josh, is he he doesn't realize it. And he just thinks that they're... 
anyway. So do you find, do you find, <laughs> I, I, I'm talking about death stuff. So one thing that I've always said, you know, the, the Mormon church, um, the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, oh, for, for those here. of you that don't the know. Church. Um, no. no. I will That's never, the Catholic Church. I will never call the Mormon Church the Church. The Catholics were first. <laughs> the Jews were before that. Yeah, but they don't ever get called the Church. No, the Catholics have been the Church for thousands Anywhere of years. Okay, Anywhere but here. Anywhere but here. If you say the Church, it's the Catholic so, Church. Well, I, my, my point is, so the one thing I have, the one thing that is, is really amazing about the LDS Church, and I've, I've been around Baptists and, and Catholics and uh, you name it, um, the Mormon church does an, an incredible job of taking over and doing all of that stuff so that the, the grieving family doesn't have to. That's something that's that's really tremendous about that that particular culture and that particular religion that doesn't exist elsewhere. Absolutely. Um, do you find that from a from a clientele standpoint, you have less LDS clients because so much of that gets just kind of handled and taken care of? Or does that even come into play for you? No, it, I mean, it hasn't come into play. Obviously clients religion comes into play. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I mostly have worked with, I mean the outside clients I have worked with, I think just one was LDS. Um, but my, my dream would be to have death doulas, be considered a calling in the LDS church. Oh, that would be cool. Just like Boy Scout leaders. No, they right? don't do Boy Scouts anymore. So, oh, they do, that's men's. not a calling? It's young men's. I don't leader. know my callings. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a new change. You can ask Jeremy okay. about that later. He's got like a two-hour diatribe well, on Well, I think, I think there are callings for different things, and I yeah. think uh, somebody should be there should be a calling for a death doula. Yeah, I that's think it's not relief society. That's a different deal. Right. But it could be, it could be the ward level, the stake level, but I think every family needs one. And so I wish someone would have a, would you make that start a training your troops. I know. That's what I'm, that's what she's yeah, doing. That's, that's what I'm doing. That's what I'm doing. Has so those so trainings let's, she talked about. let's talk about your, your classes, your, your trainings. Okay. Your online. How college. are they? How does it work? And how can people get involved? Um, well, they can go to the website and the, the URL is mydeathdoula.com or they can Google held, H-E-L-D, doula, help from an end of life doula is what that stands for. Um, my classes are small, so I keep it really, really small. And the underlying kind of theoretical perspective is based on work um, that's been done by Parker Palmer on communication so it's how to communicate, how to listen, how to hold space, how to be in that kind of, he calls it the tragic gap. It's kind of like the in-between space. That's a really good name for um, it. Yeah. So I teach people how to do that. So it's an embodied workshop, meaning that they're doing their own work while they're figuring out how to help clients. And it's a, it's a process that you never get really good at. So when we communicate, we think of what we're going to say as someone's talking because that's how we communicate. So we don't really listen. So this work teaches you how to just sit and listen and also how to see someone as having their own inner discerning sense so that they know what's best for them. So we learn how to ask open-ended questions to individuals so that 
they come to their own conclusions based on their own discernment. Um, so, and again, I've been, I've taught workshops on this. I've, I've been a facilitator in this work in general. Um, and it's hard. It's hard to have a conversation with somebody who treats you as having your own inner sense of discernment. So I, I've done that with a colleague at, at the college and I would come out of teaching a class and just be frustrated about a student encounter and t- tell her about it. And she would ask me an open-ended question, trying to get me to use my own inner discernment. And I'd just be like, oh, damn it. Why can't you just tell me the answer? Like, really, I don't want, like, I know you've been through this before. I don't want to discern anything. Just tell me. So it's frustrating when we communicate that way, but that's how I'm training the, the end of life doulas to communicate with their client because the client is the one who knows. And the goal is to just get them to a sense of grounded clarity. And that may not be what we think is right for them, but we're not there to fix them. We're not, we're just there to ask certain questions. So that's what the training is about is learning how to do that, sitting in that space, doing that, practicing it with other end of life doulas, and then finally taking it out to clients. How long is the class? It's a three day training, which is pretty typical for end of life doulas, um, three full days and from like seven thirty to five. And then they go out and they do work with clients. Um, they keep a death doula journal. So they journal all of their encounters, everything that comes up. And, and then, um, after they've worked with so many clients for so many hours, have their journal, have their client referrals and all the information, then they'll come back for a certification if they want to. Are the clients coming from hospice? Most of them. Yeah. Yeah. They can come from hospice or wherever people will find clients. Right. So once they're trained, people are dying. All then over they, the place. yeah. Then they, they put up their website just like birth doulas do. So we have one more question for you. Time out. I want to do a fun, I want to end on a fun question. I mean, our last question is fun, but still about death. Can we just talk about death salons really quick and having them in Salt Lake? What? Oh, death cafes. Death cafes, yes. Yeah. Death Same salons. thing. Yeah, that's, that's what they're called. Death, death salons like a death mortuary, cafe. right? It's like a I've seen what they're doing. Your hair done. It depends so on you know what it'll at. look like. No the term. Yes. Death, a death cafe. Death is that, cafe. That's where you eat death people salon. that are dying. <laughs> <laughs> nope. It's where people get Chickens. together. It's called cannibalism. Bed. And they pretty much have a potluck, and they talk about death to normalize it. They bring whatever questions they have. It's just a conversation about death. So the last one I went to, everyone talked about, people were talking about um, end-of-life decisions, basically. Um, but it's fair game, whatever people want to talk about. So I also have a death book club. So we read books about death and talk about those books. Um, but the death cafes are fun. It's um just people getting together who are trying to change the cultural construct around death. Being death positive. Yes, death positive. I like dying. That... You're doing it today, so good job. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Jess likes dying. She tried to kill herself this last year. She was out in the uh, the wilds of southern Utah and decided to try and cross a flash flood successfully. I didn't try it. I did it. Yeah, arm with and arm. A 13-year-old. With a 13-year-old yeah, kid who knew no better. Good. 
<laughs> See? I'm it's here. not good, Jess. I'm here. I've done plenty of those things. I've been skydiving. Have you enlisted the services of, of a death doula based on your lifestyle? <laughs> <laughs> based on my entire life? No. Um, okay, so serious. Back, back to the serious question. We ask Which all is also our, a fun question. Yeah, we ask all our guests this. Oh, no. Um, and it's, it's a question because we're the new Utah podcast and, and we talk about all things Utah. You live in Utah by choice. You came here to study dead things. Um, <laughs> you stayed here to continue to pursue your career and people that are going to be dead. Um, what's one thing that you would tell someone visiting the state of Utah they needed to do before they left? Go to a death cafe. No, um, no I, I mean, one thing I would tell people to do before they left. I think there are so many. And not like died amazing. before they left. No, yeah. like they're here visiting. <laughs> they got to go back to Pocatello. What should they do? Um, I, I love everything that Utah. I mean, I love so many things about Utah. Um, they have great breweries and distilleries and cideries, mm -hmm. if that's a word. It is. Um, oh, it is. Yeah, I love all of that. Um, I love that Utah had was the second state to have gay marriage. I love that, you know, medical marijuana passed. I love that there's this progressive cutting edge to Utah. I love that we have Sundance Film Festival. So all of those things... Um, well, I don't know that they can experience all of those things, but I just think Utah is more progressive than what people think. Um, but the one thing that I love the most would be the national parks. So if you stayed from like June to like parks. January, you could experience all of those things. You could go to Pride. You could go to Sundance, the national if parks. If you come to visit and, right. and you have to leave, just find an apartment. Great, great. Right. <laughs> Stay. That's a go. difficult challenge, by the that way. That is a challenge right now. Um, Housing is out there. What do you have a favorite national park in the state? I do, but I don't want to say. No, it's I do. Don't uh, be that person. Don't <laughs> be that. They had one other person wanna, that didn't want to talk wanna, about it. I don't want to talk about. I don't it. want, I want people, people to go, go there. there. Yeah. No, I like to go to Tory, and I like oh, yeah. to go to. Um, That's actually Capitol. what the other guests yeah. said. Too. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's the yeah. It's the one that most people they don't go to. They don't know what Capitol Reef is. Yeah. They just and Capitol Reef is my favorite. It's it's my absolute favorite. Yeah. So you just don't want it to turn out like Zion or Arches. Exactly. Where there's, you know, six million people right. a day walking right. through it. Do you want me to be yeah. a downer? That's where we were supposed to go before our car accident, but we went to Payson Lakes instead because my mom had a bad feeling. So have you ever gone to Capitol Reef? I've never been. <gasps> nope. We should go. Okay. Is, <laughs> you can talk about the bad feeling your mom had. <laughs> we could talk about the bad feeling my mom had because it came That through. is weird. That is, that is, I, that, that's a, um, yeah, I never knew that. Yep. That's a, that's an yep. interesting thought. So, yeah. That's why Jess doesn't like pacing lakes. No, that's not true. I just haven't been back in 30 years. I would love it, to go. It was like on it's fire beautiful. last year, so. Yeah. It's not now though. Uh, so the ex, the ex's brother-in-law. Every other fourth, he alternates. They go to Payson Lakes and camp, or they light off like way too much dollars in illegal fireworks in their driveway. Um, and this year was a camping year, and nice. I saw pictures. Pacing. It's always Payson Lakes. Nice. I've been up there many times. I need so. to go. I'll I don't know where down. that is. I need to it's find it. It's by Payson. Canyon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> All right. It's not. It's like a 20, 30-minute drive up from Payson, maybe, mm -hmm. if that. Little day-use lake, bunch yep. of hiking trails, camping grounds. Nice. Well, thanks for joining us. Um, website how, again? Yeah, yeah, the website again. MyDeathDoula.com or held 
doula. And you can find it. The the name of this company is held. What uh, what are the dates of the upcoming training? The classes? dates of the upcoming trainings are August sixteenth, seventeenth, and eighteenth, and September thirteenth, fourteenth, and fifteenth. Is there a cost to that? We didn't always ask. a Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yes, there is a cost. I'm trying to work on getting a, a scholarship. I've applied for a couple grants to so that I can get yeah. people to get scholarships, but they haven't been accepted yet. But the cost is twelve hundred. Um, for the three days. Well worth it. And I have a friend that's going to be going through, I believe. So, yeah. Fabulous. Yep. Fabulous. See, when you post, when I post weird things on my Facebook, that's what happens. <laughs> People get educated. Yay. <laughs> I don't post on Facebook very much because uh, it's Facebook. And <laughs> Well, thanks so much for joining us. <laughs> Thank it's you for having me. I think that's going to do it for the show tonight. Why do you always say that? What? I think, I that's, think that's gonna, gonna do it. Because sometimes when I say we that, keep talking. <laughs> this is the thing. Sometimes I say that and we end in like two minutes. Sometimes I say that and thirty minutes later we're still talking. So when I say I think that's gonna do it, I'm hoping that no one else is like, oh yeah. By the way, this one thing with this dead thing. Um, so thanks to uh, Jude, Jude Higgins, not of Higgins Auto Body, <laughs> of Held, um, which is. Some long acronym, I don't remember. She said it like six times. Um, she's a death doula. Um, she helps people. I liked the wording that she used, uh, transition, uh, during the mm-hmm. time of transition. So basically, if, if you or a loved one um, is going to be dying soon and you need to have someone to kind of help you through that process. and Holding and, space. She's holding space. Yeah, holding I space. Um, kind of helping you guide, letting you know, you know, things that, that are, are okay. Um, really giving you someone that'll just fucking listen to you, uh, and actually listen to you. Um, get a hold of her. Because um, just because your driver's license says that you're an organ donor, your family can say no. Fuck and no, they she can't. would help assisting. Not if you have happen. a living will. Not if you have know, the right yeah, documents. But that's not what Jess said. She said just because your driver's license says it. That's true. Not a living will, a death plan. Yeah. Totally well, different. Well, you know. Well, you should have both. Yeah, you should. You need to have. You need to have it legally down. And you should talk to and an attorney. You need to have. But she can help facilitate that as well. Um, she can help guide you in those those things. She can also teach you how to help yourself and others, uh, and that's what she really wants to do. And she is fucking stupid smart, like really, really smart. Um, not an anti-vaxxer from what I could tell because um, I was bagging on him and then I was like, shit, she does like a death doula is kind of like a hippie because like doulas are a very hippie sort of thing. Yeah, but, um, but but then I was like, does that mean that she is an anti-vaxxer? Because no. I, I did rip on those a couple of times because by the way, if you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a fucking moron. Vaccinate your kids. Don't don't. Although Sean thinks that it just invokes natural selection. And I I was like, well, what if your wife was like a person who couldn't be vaccinated and somebody who didn't get vaccinated got her sick and he's like, she'd die. (laughs) He totally was. And she was there and she was just okay okay with it. She was like, yeah. Yeah, I'd die. Um, So anyway, vaccinate your kids. um, Take care of your pets. Have them spayed or neutered. Um, okay, thanks, Bob. Follow us on Twitter at TNU Podcast, uh, on Instagram at TNU Podcast, on Facebook at the New Utah Podcast, and on the web at thenewutah.com. Fuck, I just broke my pen. 
I think that's a really and long the website. We should take that part up. off. What the new Utah.com? No, fuck! Slash, I just broke my slash pen. Fuck! I just broke my pen. <laughs> we should take that part off. When things are almost up to date. Wow, that's a lot of lot of shit. Jess does a good job on the website. Uh, I don't give her props enough for her work there. Um, and um, you know, if you listen to this episode um, and you got this far, you have to share it. It's actually an obligation. <laughs> um, you it's like we bought you dinner. Now you owe us. Yeah, I mean, basically, we we took you out on a nice date. We gave you at least a kiss on the cheek, maybe on the forehead. Yeah, and you just need to tell your friends about it and be like, "Look, no, people, just because somebody buys you dinner, you do not have to let them touch you." <laughs> no, but you do have to tell your friends about it. You do have yes. to say good or good, bad or indifferent. You need to tell your friends. Say you really ought to check this thing out. But this is an awesome episode, and it's super educational. So just share it. It anyways. is. It is good. The we started. You know. We did start talking about floaty balls at the beginning, but we got really serious by the end. <laughs> so. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that being said, hopefully you guys have a uh, a good week. Go to a festival because there's like fucking twelve million of them ha- happening. Oh, go up! To, you could go up to Fire on the Water at Jordanelle. That'd be rad. That's where they pour oil on the water from the Chevron lines, <laughs> and they just <laughs> light it up. on fire. They oh, tried yes. doing it in Liberty Park for a couple of years. It wasn't super successful, so they're gonna try it up on the Jordan River now because no one wants to go there anyway. Hmm. Was that wrong? Is that not exactly what it is? What is it, Jess? No, it's like fireworks. They have fireworks that they shoot off from the water and like. But they do it so that when they do, when they're too low, they don't start to. Cross they on don't fire. get in your face. Wait. So is it like what what happened in San Diego a few years ago when five barges yeah. went off in one second? Exactly. Just like that. That's. I would watch that. That's Fire, a fireworks display. Fireball of fun. Oh, that was so cool. Those videos are awesome. <laughs> um, anyway, that's. Uh, By that's, the one I sent to you the other day. Yes. So that's going to do it. Um, Goodbye. Check out your floaty balls. <laughs> <laughs>